now we have numbers. And we have phones going off yeah, and all thanks, kinds Steve. of cool shit. Yeah, that's great. Welcome to the Cleveland Moto Podcast number 370, 375. 375, that's three and three quarters if you're interested. Yeah, the, the venerable three and three quarters. Uh, we're here. It is Christmas birthday. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Who said Christmas only comes once a year? Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith. <laughs> and it's the birthday, so you should be at home, all right? Uh, super fun, super cool. We have just now, for people that don't work at the shop anymore, Sleepy. Uh, volunteered. Right, he volunteered. <laughs> Sleepy's got gainful employment. Yeah. Um, after all that fucking around and stuff, I took a full-time gig with the Golf Channel. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) 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 He's still in the rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so in case anybody would like to know. Yeah. You are going to give a ringing endorsement to what? Uh, what urinary tract displacement method? <laughs> I have no. You have no idea. That was this other guy. What are that you was this other about? guy, hey. right? So, uh, in case anybody's keeping track of things, yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a job. So right on. Start Tuesday, Woo! and I went from uh, filming flowers, which obviously is my favorite thing in the world. Certain kinds of flowers. And now I'm just gonna have to force myself to film dragsters and uh, custom car builds. And uh, the Street Outlaw guys and things like Fuck that. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, I'll be working at Summit Racing, which is uh, kind of cool. That is fucking cool. That's great. Yeah, I need tires too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the discount for the <laughs> <laughs> Employee discount. <laughs> Employee discount. Oh, man. Well, they, did, they did inform me. That was like one of their selling points. So they said up, up to $5,000 at cost. And then if you need what? more, I'd what? like a 502 crate motor, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you have a project <laughs> and you're working on something and you need more, um, you can apply for another $10,000 at 7% over cost. What? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's good. I yeah. need two 502s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Fuck the 401k. Yeah. Right? I mean, I seriously. Need, but need, if you get caught reselling it. No, no, no. You're not which, reselling okay, it. Of course. Yeah, I'm not, right. you know. You know they, that's not, look, that's not the angle anybody who works there should be working. You're right? not reselling it. I'm just paying for it. <laughs> right. Well, no, but they, they actually said, like, if you have a friend and you guys are working on a project, you know, whatever, do you use things like that. But I did find out that they actually do sell motorcycle parts, too. <gasps> no way. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But if you look, like, so there's Summit branded stuff, and okay. I think that's yeah. the deals. Like, right. if you get that at cost, that's a deal. All right. But if you get, like, you know, they're importing Karyakin. Okay, right. You, you yeah. know the margins. Yeah, I know how that, that works. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no profit on a profit on a profit. <laughs> no, yeah, that's not it. No. Right. But if it's their shit, then then, on, then, then you can get a pretty. Uh, apparently, this one guy built a thirty thousand dollar race car for fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, all right. So, I mean, like you know, yeah. it can add up. Yeah, I'm not building a race car anytime soon, so that's not going to be a problem nice. for me. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. Uh, I I just we had the distinguished. So first of all, let's do roll call to my left. Dan Kromke. To his left. Bob Kudamash. Bob. talking to the microphone, Bob. Bob Kudamash. Harley Bob. Harley Bob is back, man. Yeah, we all, we love that. Well, it was only a three-month sentence. <laughs> <laughs> My word for the day tomorrow is going to be Kudamash. Kudamash. It was a plea bargain. He's back. <laughs> to we his just, left we, is. We just say cootie for sure. <laughs> Bob. Kudamash. Uh, uh, me, so, Steve, Bob, how do you spell Kudamash? It's the traditional way. <laughs> With all the letters except for 10. Right. <laughs> Coupe de Mash. 
And to his left is? Uh, me, Steve, Sleepy. Sleepy! Corporate Steve. Yeah. Uh, and to his left? BB, birthday boy. Birthday boy! And again, what did you say? What did he say? He was a hard 53? Yeah, hard 53. <laughs> yeah, 53 the hard way. 53 the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, to his left? Johnny Mack. And to his left? Steve Hoffert. Uh, so good, nice round table today. We got se- you know seven warm bodies here. Uh, Oscars somewhere in Milwaukee doing something awful to a human. I guess we seven just souls. we can only assume. Yeah, that's that's what he's up to. You got to do a shout out. Yes, we do have to do a shout out. So Chris brought us in these awesome decals, and they are Saint Javelin, the protector of Ukraine. And uh, <laughs> this you should look this up because this art, this icon of Saint Javelin. Uh, is some of you guys know, I am a regular army. I'm a tanker by trade. And if you're a tanker in today's day and age, there's only one thing you're truly frightened of. And it's the word javelin, right? Absolutely. Or javelin compatible. And not like, what the hell is that? Yeah, what My is that? God, something going on. We got, we got something strange vehicle. Oh, that was his phone. All right. Yeah, okay, well, now we know what it was. So, check in. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, these... He's all excited about his scooter he's getting tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's right there. Spawn of GSG. <laughs> it's electric, boogie oogie oogie. We'll talk about those in a minute. So, St. Javelin, the protector of Ukraine. That's badass. I'm wearing my Ukrainian Gogo Bordello shirt today. Right on? So, nice, nice. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, one way or the other, you know, if we can't be there, if we can't be throwing rocks with these poor people that are, at this point, throwing rocks... I mean, look, I'd like to, don't get me wrong, uh, but we'll support him any goddamn way we can, right? That's all you can do. Support him any goddamn way you can. Say nice things. If that's what you can do, say nice things. If you can shoot a little money their way, shoot a little money their way, whatever. Just be glad it's not your street. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it. We all talk a good game about, well, if they were rolling down my street, I'll tell you what I'd do. Ooh, man. Yeah. Unless you've got. You said that 60% of the people would run. I'd be higher than that, I believe. No, they had, <laughs> I'd be higher than that. They actually had a, be, they yeah, had a poll that said, if, yeah. if America was invaded, what would you do? Right. 60% cut and run. Uh, you guys have seen my basement. You know what kind of A-bag I go to war with, and you understand what my house is and we're, what kind of armament we have there. And I still, my primary response still involves somebody else's boat to Canada. Right? Because... I will live longer, you know, live to fight another day kind of mentality. I'm not going to be the last man, you know, standing, you know, defending Herman Drive. (laughs) There's no glory in that. That's a high value target. It is a high value target. Yeah. Have you seen my street? But no, I mean, my primary go to war plan is get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's being said from the guy that is. A tanker. A, a, a tanker has been trained in escape and evasion, has been trained in all kinds of survival fun stuff, but more importantly understands that nothing in my basement is better than a AT4, an anti-tank weapon. Nothing in my basement is better than a cluster bomb. You know, nothing in my basement is better than a small dose of white phosphorus. I am still a soft, gooey, sticky individual, and I don't want anything that the military design pointed at me, ever. Before you were married, was that on your dating profile? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. There's, there's yeah. four nukes aimed at J-Town. 
<laughs> well, there there weren't before, but now there are. Right? Yeah, that's that's there. You go exactly. Steve's a Steve's a nice guy. He's been watching Putin and writing down all his moves to take over J Town. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So for, to lose J to lose to J Town, yeah. <laughs> I've started erecting the Iron Curtain. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, he's been building the Iron. Curtain. He literally is moving containers into a configuration to to block you out. Around, my, they're like too high. <laughs> Everywhere I look, there's steel. Yeah, and if that's and that's how you know. And he tries to jump up on him, and it's funny because he's like. "Eh, eh." So basically, J Town's become gentrified. Yeah, (laughs) ruined your property value. One more container, and I won't even see Shitsville. I mean, (laughs) Asheville. So I have the power, the water, the sewer. There you go. He's got himself. Yeah, (laughs) I've got a very. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Have you ever heard of a self-contained RV? Right, exactly. That has power, water. Right. There you go. <laughs> and then when he when he when he puts his pipe toward S Town, right. it'll literally be yep. S Town. It'll be S Town. <laughs> if anybody's thinking about going to Europe, uh, the dollar is kind of hovering around uh, one euro five, six, or seven. So it's a really good time if you were thinking about going to Europe to maybe buy some euros. Uh, you can do that. Talk to your bank. You can buy some euros. And maybe if you're going to be going to Europe in July or August or something, you might buy your euros now. You would have been better off to buy the ruble because the ruble is like insanely, uh, it's it's stronger than it's been well, I was gonna say, for years. I was going to say, the ruble now, it's, it's hard to do the math on the ruble because the numbers are kind of vague, but they're small. But the ruble is more powerful in this particular circumstance. Now, that value could alter very quickly. You think? You think? <laughs> yeah, but it went from like two cents to now right. it's worth 33 cents. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's, uh, right now a ruble is worth. Do you remember when I said. What a vodka. Buy you a should buy a ruble. Right. So right now, just for people that are kind of curious into what, what that is, because we have, we have podcasters, listeners, and they care. Uh, so a ruble was not even one, one thousandth of a dollar in March. And now the ruble is uh, right around one cent. Two cents. Oh, two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, almost two cents. So that's a dramatic increase. And it's the... And that's it's, because they're forcing people to buy oil. And that's exactly what it is. And that's not the highest it's been ever because it hasn't... That's not at all true because when you look at 2018, the number was actually higher. It was about 18, uh, around... Uh, 1.8 cents for a ruble. So it's not like... If it like wasn't it, for that one fact alone, with right. all the sanctions and everything, it would be one-tenth right. of one. Right. And what we can say that's it's very clear is that in March, the ruble had never been lower. That's a factual statement. So in March, the ruble had never been lower. And now the ruble I mean, it, is getting it, kind of up to where it was before. Could have been zero, but... It could have been zero. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. But right now the you euro... You could have had to pay people to take rubles. Well, and right now the euro is particularly low against the dollar. So it's a great time for an American to decide to go fuck off and travel around in Europe. So it's a really good time. Isn't that what you're do doing? I don't know that anybody... I'll be doing a little bit of that this year. Europe, yeah. Though. Yeah. I mean, they could fuck uh, well, off I, and travel uh, around uh, Russia if well, they no, want. Well, no, no. But, but the point is to buy euros and travel in Europe. With American dollars, that's what I'm. That's my point is so, not so talking about euros or to buy no, rubles. For, no, we're we're not talking about rubles. Okay, we're done with rubles. So yeah. well, nobody's my, talking about buying rubles and traveling in Russia. That's so, a bad fucking idea. Well, my question would be <laughs> if you if it's that low, right. oh, Does it go. cost like 
Does it cost like a million rubles to buy something in Russia, like a loaf of bread? No, because, uh, I'm sorry, God, I didn't mean to shout at you. Uh, There is inflation. Inflation is happening, and there's plenty of YouTube channels you can watch where people kind of show you their day-to-day, take you on a walk through the grocery store, maybe take you down to the car dealership and show you what's going on. They are experiencing some pretty radical inflation. they got some pretty serious shortages, but it's not crazy. It's not like when I was a, a teenager, a young adult, and Uncle Sam paid me to take my dollars and move them into Deutschmarks and then move my Deutschmarks into Ostmarks, you know, DDR money, East German money, in which case it was like a 20 to one ratio. <laughs> and you're like, I have too much money. <laughs> like they only let me have 300 bucks a day, but God damn it. That's like 30,000, you know, Ostmarks or whatever. You know, it was a ton of money back in the eighties. And it was literally, you could just, what are you going to buy? You can only buy so many Zeiss binoculars. You know, there's only so many blankets you can buy. Because you got to bring it back the same day. Back then, during the Cold War time in the 80s, we could go into East Berlin, but we had to come back that night. And you could only go in your Class A's. So if you went through Checkpoint Charlie, you were coming back a short number of hours later. What was the car they manufactured in East Germany? There was, well, the Trabant gets a lot of press. Yeah, Yeah, the Trabant, and and of course, the other is the Wartburg. The Wartburg was another one. The Trabants were particularly awful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. The Trabant was, uh, there's not too much because the car's basically paper mache, right? It's like a Fiat 124, right? No, it's far worse than that. How uh, can anything be worse than a Fiat 124? Well, I'm going to pull the picture up and I'm going to pull the picture up and then you can tell me how it's worse than a Fiat 124. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I knew you would. <laughs> God, you're such a fucking freak. Um, I mean, granted, this is the nicest Trabant that you've ever seen. It looks like a Fiat fucked a, a squareback. It's, yeah, well, again, and we're not talking, this is not a 1959. Is this is a 1989. Yes, it is. I'm glad you asked. On it's top a pretty of the motor? Heat the fuel. It's a two-stroke. <laughs> it's a two-stroke. Yep. Oh, it's look a at the expansion chamber. Yeah, it's a two-stroke. Uh, but, but these things were hot garbage. You can tell it's a two-cylinder because it has... Two coils, because yeah. it didn't use a distributor ignition like we're traditionally thinking. Is that one a pickup of. truck there? Well, that's a custom okay. Trabant, yeah. But but not no shit. When the wall came down, we were using great American M1A1 tanks to push these fuckers off the Audubon, like straight up Helmstead Audubon. We were shoving these things into ditches left, right, and center. That has a lot of parts availability for those. But who would? Th- <laughs> yeah, again, they're hanging from the ceiling in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they are hot oh. garbage. I mean, they are legitimately hot garbage. There's not a, and I'm sure I'm going to piss off the, like the Trabant Owners Association of America, but they're TBA. already they're fucking All weird. Two of them. Oh, yeah. they're on a dial-up. Yeah, they're not getting this. They're getting get a fucking podcast. But Trabants were tremendously Look at that pimped out. One. Oh yeah, tremendously bad cars. And the Wartburg, which was a three-cylinder, was what my in-laws had. Mm. Um, they came across the border in a Wartburg three-cylinder. And they made it. They made it to West Germany on two out of three cylinders, and uh, but that gives you an idea of how fucking awful the cars were in the Soviet bloc. You know, so you know the USSR cars, Warsaw Pact, but they were they were just garbage. And the thing about like they were trading Trabants for a pair of jeans. That's like the story that everyone says. Oh my God, I could trade a pair of Levi's for a Trabant. No, <laughs> the bad deal. The Trabants were free. <laughs> no, let's just say what it was. Trabants were free. The story about trading a pair of Levi's for a Trabant, eh, whatever. All you had to have was a way to get the Trabant back home because they were just abandoned on the Helmstead Audubon. 
So you didn't have to trade a pair of because, jeans for one. Because people drove them as far as they could, jumped exactly. out and walked across the border. You got it. You got it. And they left the keys on the dashboard. They're, they weren't planning on getting to wherever they were going to be in West Germany and then turning around and going back for their fucking Trabant. That Trabant was a part of their lifestyle they never wanted to see ever again. So, yeah, that's, uh, but it was awful fucking car. Absolute garbage. But, yeah, they were absolutely really made of paper mache, for real. So, yeah, not a great car. Super, super not a great car. So, uh, we haven't seen the episode yet live, but apparently I was on uh, People's Court today. Yeah, so I was on the People's Court today. Did you win? It aired. Oh, I did win because I participated in it like two, three months ago. And we did win against a customer that, uh, did, that demanded their deposit back based on uh, the, the law of buyer's remorse. Who was the judge? The judge. Oh, so just yeah, he doesn't have the a judge? Name. No, 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 no. It's not like... No, she has a name, my friends. Oh, she has a name. <laughs> and she is the most infectious personality of the people's court ever. Uh, she is hilarious. She is a Latina firecracker of the highest order. She makes the people's court way more fun than Wapner ever did. She's exactly what the people's court needed to be watchable. She's quite the judge. Uh, she's, she I is like what I'm saying. judging by her pictures. Yes, yeah, she is. She is loads of fun. And what's two interesting, stars. two giant stars. Uh, Those are pasties. <laughs> the, uh, but, but just to bring you up to speed, when, when I did this court trial, it was all done on, you know, the Zoom cast and things like that. And there's a screen behind for people who can't see the one on, on the table. But the, uh, for people who are curious about such things, one, if the word deposit means that you do not get your money back mm-hmm. unless you return the item the deposit was paid for. Get it? So when you buy a you know when you buy a bottle of pop and it comes with a 5 cent deposit, you're paying for that 5 cent deposit when you buy the bottle of pop. Right. You need to secure the bottle. You you now are the temporary owner of the bottle. Should you choose to be the permanent owner of the bottle, they've been prepaid for the bottle. Keep the bottle. But if you return the bottle, then you get your five cents. We all know the way. Everyone at this table understands the way deposits work. But if you're going to pay me a deposit to hold a piece of inventory for you for any period of time or to order a special piece of inventory in for you and you later change your stupid mind, I mean, reconsider, (laughs) then you don't get your deposit back. Because I've already gone through the machinations of obtaining for you such property. But I thought you were like the bank. I make a deposit, I can tell get it. There you go. Right. So uh, the good news was I wasn't the only one that felt that way, as Steve found out earlier today. We printed out the definition, according to Cambridge, uh, and the Oxford definition of deposit. And I didn't even need to bring that up in court because it turns out the Honorable... Judge Marilyn Milan. She knew. She knew. <laughs> Who knew she'd know? And you know what? It's almost like she'd studied. It was almost <laughs> yeah, like wow. it was almost like she'd been through this before. Um, our plaintiff, who showed up in his pajamas, <laughs> not having yet mastered the art of the Zoom call, uh, he had a. He told he told the judge he had a seven twenty credit score. None of that matters. Yeah, right. None of that matters. In fact, she said, well, then that's great. Then show us your 
show us where you got denied for credit. Because we did. We, we ran him through for credit and he got denied. I have nothing to do with that. I didn't deny him. The creditors denied him. But he assured us he had a 720 credit score. He assured the judge he had a 720 credit score. But he was unable to produce for the judge either his credit score or even a denial letter from it stating why he was denied. In any case, his, his case suffered a little. So he lost. But if you're on the people's court and you lose, you still get $500 oh. for being on. And that happened to be the amount of the deposit. So, so win-win. He's done. And if you win, you get seven fifty. Nice. So I got the deposit and seven fifty. Nice. So I'm a super duper winner. Oh, and, and you bought pizza tonight. That was very but sweet me, of you. Let me tell you why I'm a loser, though. <laughs> because today that episode aired. Oh, today yeah. that episode aired. Let me guess. This is somebody that did, never shopped here, but they saw the episode and have made a decision. This is that kind of person that watches the people court at 2.30 p.m. or whatever when it airs live. Oh, wow. I just watched an episode on people's court. The customer had great credit, 720 and higher. The company will make you pay a deposit or to a third-party financing company. If you are denied, then he keeps your deposit. Hmm, seems like a bait-and-take situation. I since the bottom says deposits are not refundable. Avoid this place. One star. So somebody who watched a TV show based on an entertainment-based TV show has left me a one-star review on my corporate Reviews site on my Google corporate for my business. So in case you thought about going into business for yourself and maybe you had a great idea and you wanted to be an entrepreneur, people are monsters. Oh, dude. Just letting you know, I was here people for six are weeks. monsters. I was volunteering here for six weeks. Right. And I hate everyone. <laughs> I, I walk through stores going, this guy's a cocksucker. This dude sucks. Fuck this guy. I, I'm serious. Like, and what people don't realize, I think I even said it last time, like you hear Phil's stories and you're like, oh, he has to be exaggerating. He actually is downplaying most of this shit. I could not believe this shit coming out. Because like, when it gets interesting, you purposely put it on speakerphone in the morning so like Renee and everybody can hear it. And there are some that are just interesting, man. Unbelievably interesting. They you did are. tell that story last time. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, that, yeah, that, that, that's, that's fair. And then right. comes younger and younger. And young, yeah, it just, keeps, it just keeps creeping up on me. Uh, now, that being said, though, people do listen to this podcast. And so when people listen to this podcast, we will get emails like the following email. Oh, good. Because people listen to this podcast. We do appointments only at my shop. And this gentleman writes in and says, I wanted to pop up on a Friday or Saturday to look at the Vespa 300s. I see only by appointment but wondered if you guys could shoot me an email or text when you know you'll have a few appointments and the doors would be open. I promise not getting in the way. I know you're busy. I would like to just familiarize myself with them in person. Probably won't be purchasing one from you until July or September timeframe. Thank you for your valuable time. And if this is unreasonable, if this is an unreasonable request, <laughs> I do apologize. My intention is not to make the douche designation, but to be a cool guy. <laughs> Gentlemen, the podcast is working. We are educating society one potential customer at a time. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, so that's fucking hilarious. When we get that kind of stuff, I just die. Oh, like, oh. You, think, you think that we have no... We think, you think that our one listener... Yeah. Yeah, but no, we have two listeners. He at least two friend. listeners. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> called a friend. He let somebody in on it. 
So super, super fucking cool. I gave everybody homework. I don't know if anybody did their homework. Oh, I did. Ah, I love a good homework. So we've been having, you know, in case anybody's gone out right now and tried to buy motorcycles recently, it can be a little bit of a challenge. Um, I'm part of a motorcycle industry council. We talk to each other. We, we express our needs and desires or mostly just bang our heads against the screen and scream into the void about what it's like to be a motorcycle dealer in today's market. I have a million customers and three bikes. That's usually what's going on, right? Um, I have people calling me for bikes that were on my website a year and a half ago. Do you still refresh. have that? Refresh. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I, I, yeah, refresh your goddamn computer, bud. So it is hilarious. So what's happened is I've got a lot of people saying, well, what if I import a bike? Or what if I bring a bike in from another country? And I recently talked to one of our podcast listeners who was going to be bringing a motorcycle in from Canada. He'd given up trying to find the bike of his dreams here in the United States. He had found a motorcycle in Kanukistan. And he was gonna he was gonna go up to the Great White North, hire a team of Huskies, go get this bike in question, and then somehow transport this bike across yonder border into the United States. And it's not even a bike that he couldn't buy here. Like oh. it's straight up, it's a bike you could buy here. Would it be a Canada motorcycle, not a Canadian motorcycle? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, we respect the Canada goose around here. If you got a problem with that, right. you can talk to me outside. Yeah. <laughs> do they have uh, import restrictions like they do on cars? They do, and it's exactly the same. I'm glad you asked. So now the one thing that gets you around that is if the model in question is the exact same model that was sold in the United States. So you could go over the border, like I did. And you could buy like a 1998 Previa and bring it into the United States, provided that they sold that same model in the United States so that the vehicle's the same. But what you can't do is you can't go across the border and buy an RZ500 Yamaha right. unless it's over 25 years old. Now, if it's over 25 years old, game on, because the standard rules apply. If it's over 25 years old, you can bring it across. Don't have to worry about the EPA. Don't have to worry about the customs. Don't have to worry about a lot of things if it's over 25 years old, okay? And NHTSA doesn't matter. DOT, custom, uh, EPA doesn't matter. Enjoy your over 25-year-old vehicles. Bring them across the border. Mm -hmm. But Renee and I had just a hell of a shit time bringing across a one-year-old Piaggio MP3 500 that was totaled out and had literally, it was totaled out. The insurance company had said it has no value. So we brought it across for parts in the back of the truck. That did not go so well. <laughs> yeah, the Bruce, the Canadian customs agent, had no sense of humor uh, not at all. Dud not Dudley Do-Right? No, no. He done, he, yeah, Dudley done much. He, he kept us there till shift change. So we were there for over five hours. And basically when they did the shift change and the new sergeant came in, he goes... I don't know why you're here and I don't want you to tell me, but you should leave now. <laughs> Okie doke. We, we timed out the custom <laughs> system because he didn't want to inherit the previous staff's problems. God bless him. So we got the fuck out of there. We, un as in the military, we used to say, I unfucked the AO right quick in a hurry. Right? So there we go. So anybody would like to go and announce the bike, the bike that is truly forbidden fruit anyone i have a couple okay well one to get started steve okay 
I did like the story behind this one too, but I would love to get a Suzuki GS 1200SS. Oh. So the story behind it talk, is. Talk more and I'll pull up the screen. I'll pull up the shot. A good picture. A, so a picture basically, that looks. You know how we're all buying the motorcycles of our youth? Yes. Yes. So in Japan, they couldn't have a GSXR 1100 because the, the limit was 750. Correct. And yeah. so many men wish they could have had the GSXR 1100 back in 1987. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they finally lifted that restriction around the 90s or something. Mm-hmm. And then in the 2000s, they literally brought back the 1987 GSXR 1100 and <coughs> called it the, the GS 1200 SS. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Which is fucking cool. It is fucking cool. And if you do get it in the blue and white livery, I've only ever seen it in blue and white. Uh, I did not know that they did this red and black, which is quite fetching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's that's true. And so that machine, now, what I think that's, so this is a Japanese market only? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Super cool. Japanese market only. And it literally, the only thing they changed was the brakes. It sure does look like a bandit well, frame. It might be a banded frame. Because it doesn't the, look like a perimeter aluminum box frame. Yeah. Well, they said that they, the motor is basically the same. They bored it out a little bit, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it holds all, you know, it has the same classic styling minus the bottom of the fairing and stuff. But. Yeah. And this is that, you know, that that very early. Like, this bike does not look like a 2003. No. No. And, and they kind of took, like, the original GSXR and kind of bozo zook the fuck. It you know. does look a little bozo style. That, yeah. that back seat looks totally unsittable. Mm-hmm. Right, it's got the bug eyes kind of lifted. It does have the the lifted the head the, the headlights look about seven inches taller than they should be. Yep. Yeah, I dig and, it though. And if you saw if I saw this bike on the road, there's no way in the world that I would think this wasn't an old bike, an '80s bike. Right. Like if I saw this, I'd be screaming. Yeah, this is '86, '87, '88. So that's the Suzuki GS 1200 SS. Yep. Damn. Damn. That is a really fucking weird bike. And yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was off my fucking in radar. About four years, you could start importing. Yeah, right. That's going to be a little while. It's going to be a minute. But that thing is just crazy. And again, it's basically it's it's a bandit with a bunch of yeah. you know bodywork on it. Well, but I guess the yeah, I guess the motor yeah because the bandit motor was a generation of the GSXR motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure that's like when I'm looking at it, when I'm looking at every picture I can see of it. All the hardware on the cases and an engine, everything looks very bandit-ish. Yeah, yeah. It looks very I bandit-ish. Super cool. Now, that's a good one, man. That's a very good one. So, yeah, that's that's the GS1200 SS. And, yeah, never going to see one of those in the States. Holy and, shit. And which, one did I, and which one did I pick? I don't know. Oh, yeah. You picked <laughs> no. that one right there. I can't even see the damn thing. Oh. So, Harley Bob picked the 2014 Yamaha XJR 1300, which is not what you think it is. It's yeah, okay, wait a second. 2014 Yamaha, Yamaha XJR. XJR All right. yeah, okay. 1300. I think I'm tracking you. But you're right, I'm losing something in the translation, apparently. Oh, yeah, there yeah. it is. Jesus Christ, it's Mecklefresh's big one with the wrong badge on it. <laughs> Holy shit. This yeah. is a Honda big one, but 14 years too late to the party. Yep. Is that the 1300? This yeah. is the 1300. Yeah, they're cool. That is something. Thanks for stealing my bike. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, because you totally had it. Hadn't done it I studied very that hard. Was, that was Harley Bob's bike. And honestly, way. that's an 8 to 10-year-old bike, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. It's cool Man, looking. Man, it is cool looking. And we didn't get it. 
And we didn't get it. We didn't get that fucking bike. Holy crap. What market was this in, do you think? Anybody know? know? I mean, it's off my radar. I, I have no idea. Europe and Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Never made it to the States. Never made it to the States. Yeah, that's crazy because God, it does look like the Honda Big One though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's just a bring. They just brought it back as a thirteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, that's and something. Yamaha. And everybody's <laughs> like, it has power everywhere. I'm sure it does. Jesus Christ! And they they made the bike from 1999 to 2016. Yeah. So holy shit, that bike! And our British people are like, yeah, no shit, you fucking muppet. What the <laughs> no fuck? No replacement for displacement. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure British people are like, yeah, I tripped over two of these on my way to the toilet this morning. So, but yeah, that is, that's fucking cool, man. And again, in 2015, they added, like, rather than change the bike, they just added a bunch of, like, go faster holes to it and put, you know, and put it, you know, billet aluminum everywhere and put Olean's suspension on it, whatnot. So they didn't really fix the bike or do anything to it. They just made it better. It's Yamaha, so that's from the SCR yeah, 900, right. and that's from the, you know, yeah. whatever. But it's Bolt. beautiful. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, it's beautiful. My fucking God, man. Yeah, 2015, that thing's... It's kind of, to me, that sexy. one that you were just having showing up there, Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd yeah. be like if they brought, if, if like, well, obviously this is Yamaha, but if Honda re-brought out the CBX, I think it would look something like that. Yeah, but you know what? If you don't put six cylinders on a well, CBX, fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I don't, I, and I kind of don't want them to do that. Right. Right, yeah, so. So, all right, who else has got a bike for me? I got one. Okay. The Brixton oh. Rayburn 125. Oh, boy. That's a Hofford bike. That is a Hofford bike. Holy shit, you're digging in his patch. The Royal Matte Blue right there. The Brixton Rayburn 125 for only 3,000 euros. Damn. No, 3.99 euros. Yeah, right, 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 right exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, and that is... 3,100 euros. So, okay, that is a little bike. That's a little tiny bike. A 125cc, clearly based on, you know, the, the overhead valve motor. It's got a Janus motor. It's got half a Janus motor, <laughs> yeah, man. Right, right. It's got half a Janus, right? And it's got the little leather baggies on it. It's got a sprung seat. I would say that that is a, that's an artistic exercise, that seat, because you can see where they took off what should be a regular seat and made some cantilevered contraption there. Like, that is one of those things where they were like, if you look at that frame on that motorcycle, yeah. you're like, that is every motorcycle ever, right? CV350, you name it, right? But then somebody was like, but it has to have springs under the seat. And they went, okay, shut the fuck up. We'll put springs <laughs> under the seat. And there you go. So now you got a Springer saddle somewhere that didn't need to be a Springer saddle. But I definitely see what you're going for there. And, of course, it has the Firestone replica tires, but a 125cc pea shooter. Yeah. And it says for no-nonsense riders. And, yeah, I can, I can definitely pick up on that. That thing is for real. Uh, which is funny because this is the inner, city, the inner city cousin of the Sunray. Quite something. Wait, is that the same company that copied the Bonneville? Yes. Brixton? Yeah, yeah Brixton Cycles. Yeah, they do, they do. Brixton does a lot of different bikes. Oh, yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. cool. Too. This is their 250, the Cromwell. Yep, the Cromwell. Yep, so there you go. Yeah, so there you go. That is a, that is a, uh, a bike with, uh, what do they call it? Uh, English sensibility and Chinese manufacturing. <laughs> Nothing bad could ever possibly happen. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. I got, uh, I got one more. Chris, fire away. Kawasaki. <clears throat> Estrella. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. 
Yeah. E S. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the spelling. You need a more comfortable, supportive chair. Chris, you are in your fucking lane. Let me tell <laughs> you, man. Now, the one thing that I will say about this is this is a motorcycle for people who are not encumbered by a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Or legs. It is specifically. Yeah, right, right. It looks pre-crashed. Right. Like Steve. somebody hit the seat and it moved forward. It huh? literally is like, I went out in the garage last night and I caught you fucking your motorcycle. <laughs> Hopper, and you went, what, <clears throat> what was that bike that you were talking about? The Honda was like, not a dream. The 125 last week. What's that? Oh, the um, uh, Solo. Yeah, solo, the solo. kind of looks right. like the Solo. Yeah, it does. It does look like a Solo. With it sure more does. Balls With more balls. With more balls. Bigger version of the Solo. I, I, I do like the way you say, rare in the United States, 1994 Kawasaki Estrella. It is very rare in the United States because I don't think anybody ever imported yeah, one. They, so. they were saying they never came in. I don't think they did. Yeah. I don't think there's a hint of emissions control on that vehicle. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting bike, and of course, we I mean we know that that particular motor is a, a dead reliable straight vertical one twenty five. It's it's never going to die. Um, what is interesting though is that they made it with a drum front brake. Oh yeah, and now that drum front brake isn't going to help it stop. <laughs> quite the contrary, but it sure looks the business, doesn't it? So you know that drum front brake really does make that bike harder to identify how new it is yeah so when you see that big front rotor on there you're like yeah okay we know what that is but then when you see it with the drum front brake on it the kawasaki estrella starts to look well starts to look older than it is by a good goddamn bit that's pretty cool man i like that oh oh uh oh getting away from you guys all right so that's pretty cool chris like a tu 250 it is it's half of a tu 250 right it's the it's like one half of a TU-250. That's bad as fuck. Yep. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's got good personality, too. I like it. But that seat placement is like... It's insane. That that seat placement... Is it adjustable? Can you slide it back? No. Because you're sitting on the gas tank. No, every picture is literally the same thing. You're sitting on your nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Well, look. Or I am. Well, the gas tank, it must have like a little like, you know, I, nut I cannot, recess in there. I cannot Google search fat fucker sitting on a Kawasaki Estrella, <laughs> or I would. If I could Google search fat fucker sitting on a Kawasaki Estrella, I'd be all over that. Oh, look at John John's taking like, care of his boss. fuck you, I'm getting my own chair. Yep. So that's He got that for cool. Chris. It's his birthday, don't forget. Oh, uh, yeah, there we go. Right. That's, that's a major upgrade for Chris's birthday. No, no, no. no that's, yeah. uh, that's for me. That's for Harvard? Oh, look at him. What a nice guy. Yeah, you got to slide over, Slick. Now you're in the middle of the, the shot. He's coming back in. Okay. He needs some back support. Fair enough. Yeah. All the way back. <laughs> what about my legs? What about... <laughs> Who needs anything while I'm up? Who needs a refresher? All right. We're off the rails. Yeah, well, it's not that bad. So, all right. So, That's super so, cool. What's that? Uh, no, I'm good. I got my water and my bourbon. I'm, I'm looking pretty I mean, cool right now. The problem that I had with this challenge, it's kind of, I'm taking it as a challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really a challenge. challenge. Yep. But it's like, oh, can I go through time and space and bring it? You know what I mean? If I could go back and bring, have any bike that was never sold here, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy, wacky stuff that would be cool. Absolutely. And that's but if what, I wanted you know, to go with something current, I think I might go for a CB350 from India at their current market price. At the current market <laughs> price, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. I want to buy it right. in whatever. <laughs> New Delhi or whatever. In New Delhi. Yeah. Uh, for like $4,000. Yeah, the bike that, I mean, Rupees. anybody who's listened to our podcast knows that I'm extraordinarily queer 
for this Suzuki SW1. That is super cool. Yeah. And it's a 250cc. It's basically the same motor that got shoved into a TW. And that's not super old, though. I mean, that's fairly new. Well, a, no, it's 1992. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a 60s. I right? was going to say, in our world... It's not world, as old as it looks. Right. In our world, 1992 is fucking modern, yeah. right? And so, yeah, this is a 1992 uh, bike. And they only manufactured it for 92 and 93 it would be super cool. Right. And you guys remember from years ago, our friend Chris Ashmore from the uh, Cafe Racer, now the Two Wheels podcast, okay. when he was at uh, Mid-Ohio when we had that big camper. Mm-hmm. So he's a Navy guy and he's in Japan right now. And I have told uh... Chris, I've told Crash, I told Crash, he is authorized to spend my money to buy this motorcycle. Uh... They only came in one color. And so if he can find this motorcycle... Doesn't need to have a sidecar. But if he can find this motorcycle, that I will pay for it. And he will drive it as long as he wants to in Japan. Because he's a Navy guy, which means the Navy will ship his bike back for him for free. Ah. And then I'll just go out to San Diego and pick it up. Was that a left-handed sidecar? That was a Japanese left-handed sidecar. Yeah, welcome to Japan where shit is weird. But that is a little California-style sidecar with a 10-inch wheel. But I don't care about the sidecar, but I love me a Suzuki SW1. I just think it's a beautiful bike. I think it's it, it hits every fucking note for me of being just a weird, quirky. And it's not expensive. It's sharp as hell. Yeah, it's not expensive. In the, what would be the most? Like, the oh, and the gas thing, tank is a frunk. How much could you spend on one of those? Not a lot. Not a lot. Could in in looking at. What's that? Could you spend $10,000? No. No, you couldn't. There's uh, not one out there for sale for 10000 No, there's not. And I've been looking at a lot of them. And Chris has also been kind of looking at them for me, too. <clears throat> and finding one of these for sale. So you you see this listing that I just pulled up here? They're mostly <laughs> in the neighborhood of about $5,000. So for a good one, you're probably going to pay between five and $7,000 for a really fucking sweet one, you know? And that's cool. That's that's pretty neat. I have tried finding one here, and that's not going to happen. Uh, the the two or three that are here in the United States, nobody's coming off of them. So forget about buying one that's already here. That's not going to happen. But yeah, super happy about it. And that's an SW1 from Suzuki. That's my weird bike. And it's got the same motor as a GN250, so you can get parts for it forever. You know, it's not a hard bike to keep on the road. Not even weird, not even expensive, not fast. Anyone else got a bike? Yeah, how about the uh, the CB400 Super 4? Yes! Yeah, okay, yep. So that's a, that's a good one, and that one is on my radar. Uh, because, again, welcome to the market where they said, Hornet? Oh, yeah. How about cheaper taxes? Uh, the first CBR yep. was a CBR400. Right. Produced in the year 1981. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So the the NC31, or you know, in Japan, the Super Four, uh, a bike from the early 90s, and absolutely a cool bike because it's everything you like about a Hornet, except for it's 400 cc's. They look particularly fast in yellow. Uh, I think yellow might be <laughs> Just standing the fastest looking color out yeah. there. It is the fastest looking color for They're this known bike. Known to peel out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if if you if that is one of those ones too because because they did make it for quite a few years 
And I love that it has this very strong lineage. Like it leans very much towards its history of the super sport. It leans very much towards the history of the CB1, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I got to say, like, it's a really, really good looking bike. Now, cool thing. They still make it today. Wow. So you can buy a brand new one. There's a brand new one right there. Uh, they're, it's a cool bike, man. It's I just a cool bike. What, what did Nick have? The GS400 or something? The, he had the Suzuki. Yeah, GSR. This was a Bandit 400. Bandit, Bandit 400. 400. Thank you. Yeah, looks GS400. Like they fight each yeah. other. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it definitely looks. It we definitely never got to like, have that shootout. It's we never did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Super 4. Yeah, the, the CB400 Super 4. And again, you can't find a bad review of this motorcycle. Like the, the whole planet agrees this is a great fucking bike. Now, you know, there's its father. Yeah. So you, you got good bones, man. Those, yeah. yeah, you got good bones. It's, I, you're going to have a hard time finding me say something bad about a CB400S Supersport or CB400F Supersport. So really cool. Love it, love it, love it. Dan, that's a good pick, man. That is a really good book. And the problem with this bike, though, is everybody that sees it would just feel like... A bandit. He's got a little hornet, you know, that's yeah, cool. Right. Yeah, right. Sorry. Right. They would, they would, unless they see Dan standing next to it, in which case it would look like a, a, a scale model, <laughs> right? Because if Dan's standing next to it, it no longer looks like a 900 right. or a 600. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, man. So that's dur- neat. During my research, I found a bike that, so if you go to Adventure Rider or any of these places, this is the bike that all these dudes are clamoring for, that they, it has the weight, the CCs, the shock travel, everything, and yet they don't sell it here. Is? And it's the CCM GP450. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. This, this fucking bike, I mean, I mean, at least, you know, you know how it is, though. Everybody mm. says they would buy one, but right. would they? No, they wouldn't. But, but the cool part is, I mean, it's legitimately for off-road. Like, the sprocket, the front sprocket is literally in the center of the swing yep. arm. Yep, Everything, yep. so the chain slack The chain slack change. is exactly the same all the time. Yep. No, it never changes. Uh, it's lightweight. It's got the horsepower. It's got all the things that everybody always talks that they want. And they would mm-hmm. buy, and yet they don't have it here. Right. And the thing about you can get all the parts from Summit, though, ten <laughs> percent <laughs> discount. Right yeah. now, but cost five thousand. <laughs> but just to let you know, CCM's a British company. It's been around for a long time. Uh, they were part of uh, Armstrong. So if you remember our military prototype, Rotax MT five hundred, uh, CCM. It's not just a company that makes uh, hockey gear, I guess. Uh, don't don't worry about that. But here's the thing: since 2014, there have been active rumors, stories being written about CCM being distributed in the United States. Hmm. And uh, no, I, I I I've if I would have signed on the dealer contract at many dealer expos where I got, went up to the booth and I saw the CCM booth and there's some British guy standing there and he's like, you know, we're coming back to the United States, right? And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. You're just not. You're not. You're not. Oh, no, we've got a, oh, we've got a, we've got a, a, a distributor. It's going to be great. We're going to take care of that. Um, we got a company in Canada that's going to be sneaking them into America. Well, yeah. well, not sneaking them, but bringing them in. Right. And they did. I mean, they did sell them in Canada. You could buy the bike in Canada, but you can't buy it in America. What stops them? Just emissions? Or? Well, homologation. So this is a dirty word, right? So homologation means that before you 
can bring in one of something. You have got to prove to everybody who has an interest, the National Transportation Highway Safety Administration is probably your biggest hurdle, yes. that it's not going to kill people, right? And then you got to bring up folders and folders and folders of your Euro compliancy, of your you know English compliancy, of your Canadian compliancy, and then get them a unit to test, and then put take a unit that has no miles on it, put thousands of miles on it, and EPA test that one, right? It costs a lot of money to bring a bike to this country. Congratulations. You spent millions bringing the CCM 450 to the United States. How many did you sell last year? Five. Okay, <laughs> great. So how long, till, how long till you go out of business? We went Yesterday. out of business a week and a half ago. <laughs> right. I have 18 left. Would you like to buy them all? I'll make you the new U.S. distributor. <laughs> and if you don't think that's real, I can assure you it's real. Yes. Many times... American businessmen who've had too much cash and not enough brains have been sold an entire distributorship of a line of motorcycles because it was a bad idea. Because the guy who thought this is a great idea ended up realizing too late that all the people that said, you bring that to America and I'll buy three of them. Crickets. Yeah, right. Just fucking crickets. You find out who your friends are, right? Or then they bitch like with this particular bike, the second you'd bring this bike in, they would say, well, how come you didn't bring in the 600 version? <laughs> right, right. But I just brought in 400 of the 450s. Well, I'm waiting for the 600. Yeah, but you asked for the 450. Look, man, I'm going to tell you the most dangerous words in a dealership are, but I'm waiting for the dot, dot, dot. Because, mm. wait a second, you came in here for seven years and told me the second I got one of these in, you were going to buy it. Yeah, but I heard there's a Vespa GTS 500 coming out, and I'm going to wait for that. <laughs> oh, man, just fuck your hat, all right? So this is definitely one of those things. And, and yeah, it's a cool bike. And it is, it is, like you said, boy, is it everything. It's everything every American ever asked for. Mm -hmm. They probably wouldn't buy it, but they asked for it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And now this also, this wasn't cheap. Because even back in those dollars, even back then in year of our Lord 2014, this was a $10,000 450. Yeah. So who's bringing a $10,000 dick to a 450 party? Not too many people I know. That... The, you couldn't get, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that. So I love this whole like slated for the summer 2015 arrival. Not so much. Yeah. But you're right. The ADV boys suck on this one hard. Yeah, All right, they, Phil, I got one for you. All right, Chris, bring it on, baby. 1991 Honda CB754. <laughs> You mean a Nighthawk, man. Don't say those words. It's a fucking Nighthawk. It's a fucking Nighthawk. in such numbers that clogged. Well, first of all, we'd like to talk about our Honda Nighthawk that ran for a very miserly. This bike was only available in the United States for 13 fucking years, right? They had 13 years to sell you the exact same motorcycle. Uh, do you know what made the 1991 motor Honda Nighthawk different than the 2003? Two and a four. Nothing. The color. Yeah, Price that tag. was it. That was it. These things are ubiquitous. They are everywhere. A friend of ours, uh, uh, Dave, who does like all the cool rockabilly stuff and does the street rods and stuff with our friend Kevin Moore, he said he was looking and looking and looking and looking for the Nighthawk 650 with all the things because there was a Nighthawk 650 that Honda lost its ass on. 
because they had hydraulically adjusted valves. They had shaft drive. And a, I think you might be talking about the 700 SC. The yeah, the night the Nighthawk, and I thought it was a six. I thought it came in a 650 as well. Anyway, but you're probably right. But do you see? Do you foresee a time when the 16 year olds or 15 year olds that were like eight when their dads mm-hmm. got one of these yeah. are going to be lusting after them and and having a collection of these 91 Nighthawks laying around? Yeah, Steve, it's going to pay off. So start, yeah, start, start, start buying, buying so, them. So yeah, the, the predecessor to the dual overhead cam seven fifty was in fact more. the the Nighthawk six fifty, right? Obviously, um, again, it had received the curse of the square headlight. Uh, that which <laughs> that which has ever had a square headlight. Curse. I mean, it's perfect. Why would you want a round circle out there? I want a rectangular view of the world. And by the way, the speedometers. The speedometers were also square. They probably only went to 85 miles an hour, too. The speedometers were also square. The bike what was a the fan of Huey Lewis. Fuck, man. Yeah, it's hip to be square, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but it was from that era. Uh, the, the good news with these motorcycles when is... When it first came out, it was kind of like, oh, that's a really cool bike. There was a guy who had one, you know, friend of a, you know, my older friend of my buddy, you know, and it was like, He'd go ripping out, and it sounded kind of good. He may have—I don't know if he put a four into one or something on it. Yeah, yeah. It it was good to have. Uh, I mean, for for its day, the weird science fucking gauge cluster. This you spin it fast enough, and a girl with boobs pops out with a tailpipe. It's a square gauge cluster with graph paper printed on it, right? But round gauges, right? Dude, dude, and it had a digital gear position indicator as well. But this motorcycle, and I've, I've had a bunch of these. I've fixed a bunch of these. I've sold a bunch of these. Um, if you ever want to know, if you're ever thinking about buying one, just buy a box of igniters because they're always bad. Uh, these things had a penchant for going through. If a Cylon run at a motorcycle, it would be a Nighthawk. <laughs> it was like, it was such a thing because you were like, okay, well, we want to do styling cue. Well, what are you going to do? Make things square. Well, what should we make square? Everything except the wheels. And (laughs) the, uh, the igniters, that's these little gray boxes. Okay. So these little gray boxes and the bike has two of them. Okay. These little gray boxes is 130 bucks each and you need two of them. And I guarantee they're broken. I guarantee (laughs) before you put them in. Well, so here's the thing. Our, Our friends over at Rick's Motorsports. Right, Rick's Motorsports, they're good guys. We trust them. They build all kinds of cool shit. Prior to Rick's Motorcycle, Rick's Motorsports making these boxes, the igniter, these igniter boxes, we had plenty of people that were just like, um, so I've rebuilt the carburetors 11 times. Yep. Um, I've replaced every wire in the bike. Yep, it's your igniters. Um, I've replaced the fuel tap. Dude, it's your igniters. I've cleaned the gas tank. Dude, it's your igniters. I've replaced the chain. It's your fucking igniters. I got a new ignition. It's your fucking igniters. So what are you trying to say? I'm saying you need fucking igniters. Well, so how much are they? Well, before Ricks had gotten into the game, the only way to get these bikes running again was to buy a used igniter. But since they were all broken to begin with, you'd buy these ones. Well, they left the factory broken. Yeah. A lifespan on an igniter in the original CB650s, 750s, 900s, that era, that all that same mid-80s era, the lifespan on these fucking igniters was about 3,000 miles, <laughs> for sure. 
less if you let your battery die over the winter and you jump-started your bike with your car battery, then that murdered the igniters instantly. You're done. So we would buy these ones on eBay, guaranteed good. That's a lie. They're never guaranteed good because they know that of the 26 this guy sold, he only had to return money on four of them because everyone else got mad at him and threw him across the garage. So until Rick's Motorsport came up with a replacement for 129 US dollars per, we were fucked. There was nothing we could do. And dudes were throwing away and giving away these inline four cylinders for lack of an igniter. Like, how fucking bad is that? And then their CDI boxes were equally fucking tragic. And so these, uh, these ignition boxes that you see there, th- those things were equally fucking susceptible. I paid $400 for a CDI box for a CX500. Yeah. Brand new yep. from a dealership. Yep. Yeah. It was, I, my bike was really nice and everything. And thankfully, somebody had ran into my garage oh. through the garage door, pushed my wife's Volkswagen Jetta into my CX500 and pushed it through the back wall of the garage. Wow. Being a 6500 CX500, yeah. it came out completely unscathed. <laughs> of course it did. Except there were already scratches right. on it, right. so I reported those, and yeah. I got $500 worth of the claim was my CX500. Nice. If like, I'm going to get my CX500 total the Volkswagen. $500, I bought the CDI I needed. These, uh, <laughs> these integrated circuit, these ignition systems for these bikes in this era, you know, these are legendary. We all know about the TID 14s and TID 15s. You know, these... it wouldn't be so bad if they just stopped working and nothing happened. Right. But what's funny is like, I've had them where you, you go to check for <laughs> start and you turn it over and all of a sudden it goes. Zzz, yep. Zzz, yeah. Zzz, yeah. Zzz, yeah. Zzz. Or you turn the key on and it's just welding. <laughs> it's for real. You've done it. I've done it. We turn the key on and literally your spark plug is the world's smallest welder. <laughs> yeah. It'll start or it'll spark, but just in this real weird, like, yeah. you'll be like, I, I had one and it would run on the left cylinder yep. and I'd run, I thought it was like, you get a real silverback mechanic, like you get a proper silverback mechanic and you've got a Nighthawk, you know, a four cylinder Nighthawk or whatever. You take it to the guy and the bike's running like shit. You're like, oh, it just needs car cleaner, only runs with the chokes on. So a silverback will immediately grab the igniters, unplug them, and plug them in backwards. So he'll plug them in opposite. And if it still runs, but it runs on the other two, Bob's your uncle. You just need one igniter or two. Don't ever buy just one. Ricks will tell you. But then the trick was <laughs> these ignition systems, these, uh, so these ignition systems were tragic, the TID 14s. They're awful. But the solution, God bless them, they came up with a really, really good solution. And it's a really good ignition system, except for it's going to cost you around $400. And most of these bikes aren't worth $400. So to have a replacement ignition that's really going to work, yeah, you're going to come out of pocket. In this particular case, you know, five or 600 bucks. Sometimes the bike isn't worth five or 600 bucks. And that's true. But Chris called me today with, uh, what year was yours? Uh, 91. 91, year of our Lord, 1991. Uh, I think those were faster that year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so yeah, the 91s were much faster that year. We had one here at the shop before mid Ohio. Uh, well, a couple, maybe a year ago now that we'd picked up with 2,900 original miles on it and not a scratch on it. That's and I mean, before they go out, hmm? <laughs> that's a hundred before they get. Okay. The no, this out. bike was, this bike was literally would only run on the choke period, no matter oh. what. So I'm like, yep, clean the carbs, you know? Somebody put ethanol gas in it and left it more than six days. 
<laughs> and and so the bike was handsome. It was black. It was shiny. There wasn't a scratch or a dent or a ding on it. So we're like, yeah, I can't get hurt on this. I think we did, gave like 800 on the trade, whatever. Took the thing in a non-running condition, took it back to my mechanics, and we're like, yeah, this is going to be a carb clean, and we're going to be off to the races. A complete set of carburetor rebuild kits later, <laughs> a fuel tap later, oh. rust in the bottom of the gas tank by the fuel tap. Ugh, my $800 bike ended up costing me almost $2,000 to get it out of my fucking shop. And then we discovered that Kelly Blue Book on the thing was right around $2,000 in perfect condition. We did, we did eventually get away clean, but it wasn't the fast sale that we'd hoped for. So, Chris, the when you went... Or did you look at it or just find it? Uh, actually, a friend of mine has it. Okay, yeah. He, he mistakenly bought it for $3,200 a couple... What the... 18 sh- months ago. Oh, my shit and God. And he has, uh, has medical bills, so he's trying yeah. to sell it. And <gasps> oh so a guy God. came over today to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they could only keep it running on the choke. Of course. The guy, said, yeah. <laughs> the guy says, okay, fuck it. I'm not buying this thing. And over the course of the phone call, what did I tell you? I said, it's got about 10,000 miles on it. 14,000. Yeah. That's about 4,000 high of the valve adjustment it needed. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Oh, So the man. guy's asking if I can work on it for him. Oh, I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't work on that. What bike. you do is take the carburetors out, you put them in a bucket of gasoline, let them soak for a couple of days, and then put them back on. It'll run great. I, I just for the sake of fun, I just pulled up NADA, which is not going to be accurate. But if that bike's in good condition, it's worth nine hundred and thirty-five US. Good condition means it runs on all four cylinders. You can ride it down the street. That with the, bike with, with the choker? No, <laughs> that bike. <laughs> that bike is twelve hundred away from good condition. So it's $1,200 away from being a $935 bike. Yeah. And they're no, no, look, you can put a million miles on them. If you never let them sit and you just run them, run them and run them all the time, you can run them forever. There's no reason you can't run this bike forever. That's the sad thing about, you know, the V45, the Magnus. Oh my God. You know, like, they were a great bike. Hell yeah. They were groundbreaking. Fantastic performance. Yep. But don't let them sit. Don't let those carbs get back. Yeah. And so Shido Honda at a seminar I went to a long time ago like in 91, maybe, uh, I went to a training seminar for, you know, I was a Honda mechanic back then. And I went to a U.S. training seminar where the man himself was up giving a presentation. And he says, I can, in broken English, he said, I can engineer for abuse. I can engineer for speed. I can engineer for reliability. I cannot engineer for neglect. (laughs) And why he was saying that was because this was 1991 or 92. And American Honda dealers were putting in a shit ton of warranty claims on bikes that had been sitting from October to March. Yeah. And Honda at the time had a one year, 10,000 or whatever mile warranty. And they did not want us putting in warranty claims for four dirty carburetors. Mm-hmm. Yet we were putting in warranty claims for four dirty carburetors because you have a customer that just spent seven or $8,000 on their motorcycle five months ago, put 400 miles on it, and now the motherfucker don't run. So as a, as a shop mechanic, I would write a warranty claim for it because I cannot get the guy who just spent seven or $8,000 on this bike to pony up 400 for me to r- pull the rack of carbs and clean them and put them all back on again. 
just couldn't do it. They wouldn't pay for it. So we would submit the warranty claims and Honda would, of course, deny them all. And people would get super angry. And yeah, that's, that was the beginning of the end for carburetors. That was, the, you know, that was when the whole planet kind of agreed at the same time, carburetors are a bad idea. You know? and, and this is it. Now the CB750 Nighthawk, things I can tell you about it for sure. It was a price, but I mean, the bike was a, a price point bike. It got people in the dealership. It was a shit ton cheaper than a Sportster 883, you know, and you could buy it and it was still a inline four cylinder Honda and everybody, it had the word CB750 in the name, which meant that it was America's, you know, the world's first sport bike, you know? Well, I mean, a brand new one, 120, I mean, like the, the Speedo goes up to 140, it would do. Right. I mean, yeah. they're pretty fast. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, these bikes, there was nothing wrong with them other than the fact that it was just really, really bad timing. And it really was bad timing. Uh, I think that it was a bike that was outdated. It was $39.95 brand new, four grand, brand new. Uh, it was competing with the Sportster, and it was losing. And Sportsters were selling, and this wasn't. They had a lot of these left over. There were a lot of dealers that were giving them away. There were a lot of dealers that had bikes on the floor that were, you know, a couple of three years old. Yeah. Now... For a dual overhead cam 750, I'm looking at these numbers, 75 horsepowers, 47 foot-pounds of torque, eh, it's all right, you know? It's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. I think really what happened was people were just tired of looking at it. <laughs> well, because it had been around since 1969. Yeah. This motorcycle had existed since 1969. And if ever there's a case for people just being tired of it, you got a 23-year-old design there. You got a 24-year-old platform. The inline four Honda CB750 was just kind of... I'm not willing to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> when they well, went well, from single overhead cam to dual overhead cam, that, we know that then broke the chain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually, John, it actually did break the chain. At least the time cam at least the timing cam tensioner failed. The time cam tensioner. Yeah, the yeah the tensioner failed. I had to give a guy a lesson on uh, tightening and and servicing a cam chain tensioner yesterday. It was interesting. Interesting. Newbie newbie to the world of. Uh, Oh yeah, welcome to the world of timing cam chain tensioners. Oh, the guy doesn't have a bike before that particular bike, and you have a question, and now all of a sudden he doesn't know anything about cam chain tensioners? Look, I'll fucking stab you. <laughs> nobody mentioned any names here. Ah, uh, nobody mentioned. Anybody else have a bike they want to have, but they're not allowed to? <laughs> Thank you. Hey, yeah, welcome. there we go. Yep. Just in case. Anyone else, got, anyone else got forbidden fruits? Well, we were talking about, I mean, when I was doing the Lake Erie Loop, what everybody wanted was a Canadian CBR yes, 125. Absolutely. Oh, they have CBR 125s up in Canada. Yes, they That'd do. Be perfect for yep. running in B class in the yep. Lake Erie. Yeah, because that is a cheater bike for a 125 cc race. And then somebody showed yep. up with an Aprilia RS 125. Exactly, and just and then just, just walked every, all over rode, that Honda. Went the weekend before pre rode the Lake, Lake mm-hmm. Erie Loop. Yeah. Just so you know, he could win with money. And then I, was like, I did it in nine hours and 30 seconds right. on an RS125 yeah. that's capable. Yeah. It's basically, Aprilia was an, it had a, a YZ125 motor. Right, exactly. So it was a two stroke 125 that would do yep. 100 mile an hour. Right, exactly. I bought the cheater bike. No, mm-hmm. I am not, I'm not going to cheat. I'm just going to over. Right. Pre-run. Yeah, you're going to yeah. overcompete, and that's exactly right. The uh, the Aprilia RS125 
is bringing a gun to a knife fight. And the Lake Erie Loop is literally 600 and some odd miles. Yeah. And it, the spirit of the thing is that it's a race because bikes under 200 cc's could go as fast as they fucking want to go and barely break the law in either country, right? <laughs> so you can call it a race because there ain't nobody going 100 miles an hour. And everybody's a cheap-ass mofo. It's right. Like, oh, I just went out and bought this $500 whatever. And His fucking exhaust system came off of Briggs & Stratton. <laughs> two. Two Briggs & Strattons. <laughs> I, right. I thought I had good logic in that. but it Well, was. there you go. But, like, the idea was you could buy certain of these bikes. In Canada, you could not buy them in the United States. And when you talk about like the RS125, when you talk about the CBR125, these are bikes. Do you know the only reason these bikes exist? And I'm going to hate to be a learner class. Yeah. yeah. The big old fucking L for loser on the front of your motorcycle. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's called the L reg or L registration. <laughs> okay. The L reg. And the L reg is basically when you're a new rider in Europe. And they have a rule that says for the first two years, you're not allowed to have anything bigger than a 125. Imagine that. Somebody my size, 52 years old, decides I want to start riding motorcycles. And they go, yep, and for the first two years, 125. Now, do they have stats to back it up showing that there's less destruction and mayhem compared to this handing a kid an R1? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. A lot. <laughs> I'm saying it probably makes sense. It makes great sense. Yeah. Yeah, you ever it's seen what an eight, you ever seen what an eighteen year old does with a Hayabusa? Oh yeah, yeah. You ever seen what a Harley did? What an eighteen year old does with like I don't know a wide glide or you know right? Uh, or even a Sportster eight eighty three. In Europe, you can't have that an bike. Eighteen year old only knows this exactly right, and, and an eighteen year old also does not understand consequences of his actions. Does not understand right. Does not understand fatality, uh, immortality, anything else. The eighteen year old just wants to be a jag off. So the idea with the law was really written quite well that you'd be on this neutered 125. But European companies who like to race GP decided, okay, well, we can build a bike that is going to have a lifespan of 73 seconds. <laughs> but for that 73 seconds, it's going to have, you know, 40-odd horsepower. And that's that class. That's what those bikes are all about. Technically, they're 125s, and you can ride them with that big fucking... <laughs> the big old fucking L of shame on the back of your bike, right? That says, I'm a loser. Well, what it says is, my bike's a 125. But when that 125 gets around you at 85 miles an hour, right? <laughs> at 93 million RPM, because that's kind of what they do. Well, because of this 125 class, Honda, yeah, with the CBR, but there's a GSXR 125 mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And so there are so many. 125s and every manufacturer does one and even here in the shop we have all these vespa 150s shit tons of vespa 150s liberty 150s except in the uk where they magically all become 124s uh. because that's now legal right. for your first time license so in our country we have a benelli tnt 135 right but it's a 125 but it's a 125 in europe same bike slightly different board stroke, right? It's modif moderately different. But when we kind of look to these Japanese or European domestic market bikes, and you're like, damn, that CBR 125R is kind of sexy. And you get on it and you're like, 
it looks like a sport bike. It feels like a sport bike. And then you ride it and you're like, not a sport bike. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're willing to stroke them up to 16,000 RPM, if you're willing to run them at that point and have that be your shift point, then they're kind of fun. Kind of fun. Not fun. Kind of fun. But no replacement for displacement. So the yeah, bikes that I think are really interesting come from like Taiwan and Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And you, if you do like Indonesia drag bikes, or oh whatever, yeah, oh my god, they're these little like they started yeah. life as a two-stroke one twenty-five, yeah. oh, barely yeah. a motorcycle, and these kids have just hopped them up on the goose. wheels are like this fucking big, thick yeah, and like ten-speed yeah. wheels on yeah. them with a huge expansion chamber on a big bore kit, like, and they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> and then they race for like 330 feet. It's not even an eighth mile. It's like a, a 16th of a mile. Or yeah. Right. The yeah, driveway. That's true. Yeah. That is true. They're fast. A driveway. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, those are cool. <laughs> but also like the riders aren't probably over 75 pounds when you yes. see the kids. They're all. T- yeah. That's right. true too. Yeah. Yeah. That- all right. Let's see one. Oh, I was going to say... Uh, rice in their pockets. <laughs> uh, the, one, of the, uh, one of the funny things is when you get into these small, uh, these little bikes and stuff like that, uh, everybody, Yamaha made an SR125. Like, these are all horrible motorcycles that were just made so people could just go get, you know, have their license for two years so they could graduate on to the next step it, up. In places like India and stuff, mm-hmm. like an SP125 or like the... GX125 Honda is right. like that's they ride the shit out of those. Like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it is it's a really funny thing when you look at you know motorcycles in other cultures that exist just because of a license regulation. It's funny. I mean they're cheater bikes. We did the same thing in our country with 698 cc's. So you know due to the Reagan era, they had a rule that said if that motorcycle's over 700 cc's, it's going to be staring down the barrel of a 100% tariff. And every Japanese manufacturer went Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. You're going to make me have it less than 700 cc's. You should see what I can do with 699 cc's. Stand back. Mm. You're going to see 99 horsepower coming out of 698 cc's. I because... believe they said, hold my sake. Exactly. Right. Hold my sake. <laughs> You're talking about Honda right. that built five-cylinder 125 cc bikes in yeah. the 60s. Right. That yeah. revved to 22,000 RPM. Yeah. Like... like when you look at the technology that had to happen, you know, they say all the time that war brings on technolo- technological advances. Absolutely. Well, you can't say to a Japanese company or all the Japanese companies, you're selling too many bikes in America. We want Harley to sell more bikes. So we're going to punish you for making bikes over 700 cc's. And all the Japanese companies got together and went, oh, yeah? Okay. Because this is a Nighthawk that I kind of like. Um, the, 90, the 1984 Nighthawk S, um, they came in red, they came in black with red splotches, and they came with black with blue splotches. Aside from being a very weird wheel size, I mean, these things were, the wheel size was confounding if you liked buying tires. But the motorcycle itself was a pretty goddamn good motorcycle. I mean, it was a straight up legit bike. But, you know, it had an 11,000 RPM rev limiter. You know, it, it spun out to 11,000 RPM. It's, it came from the factory with a very fuck you 150-mile-an-hour speedometer in the days of an 85-mile-an-hour speedometer. Uh, well, the roads were 55 miles an hour. Yeah, time. yeah, it really was. Like, they were just like, okay. The problem was it had a 16-inch front wheel. 
And buying 16-inch rubber, not great. Not easy. But, you know, you could fix that. You could you could get rid of that. But these bikes... Woo! Giddy up. Christ. Wow. Well, there you go. Snuck, uh, snuck right by. One of my favorite things about this bike, though, of all the trickery and the fake shit that ever happened, uh, if you ever get a chance to see a Nighthawk S, I mean, a proper, you know, 698cc or whatever... Nighthawk CB700 SC, as it was formerly known. Look at the carburetors. Because they put cosmetic velocity stacks on it. Mm. So every hipster in the world is putting velocity stacks on a CV carb that isn't meant to have velocity stacks. Honda did it first. Honda did it better. If you're not Honda, fuck you. Because (laughs) if you look at that thing, you're like, that bitch got a velocity stack on it. No, it's just a little piece of trim that goes between the airbox and the and the carburetor because it is a CV carb, well, a very emissions. Up when you have to tear the carb. It is one more thing in your way when you got to pull those fucking carbs off. But yeah, they, they were kind of handsome. Uh, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I do too. And that's one of those bikes that, you know, I don't get. I know that technologically it was a shit show, but it was a shit show with shaft drive. You know, it was a shit show with. You know, a very, very low-maintenance engine. It very was attainable. A, if you can find a decent one, you yeah. can get them for about 25 3 yeah. grand. I mean, no problem. Absolutely. Yep. And it is one of those things where you're like, okay, well, this one, this... And you know what's funny is we were talking like uh, talking to Chris about that Nighthawk, that 750 Nighthawk. Oh, I would gladly trade you 11 of those 1991 Nighthawk 750s for one of these. Because this is kind of a cool thing, yeah. you know? You can't get tired. There's a blue one, too. They, they, like I said, they came in two colors. They came in your choice of red or blue, and the the red one was faster, but the blue one had more sex uh, for some reason. I don't know why. If they had a yellow yeah. one, that would have been the fastest. It would have been the fastest if they had the yellow one, but it's Honda, so they have problems with that. Yeah, <laughs> But that was it. And uh, by the way, this motorcycle, too, had hydraulic valve lifters. So your valve adjustment interval is never... Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea. So, wait, you mean this motorcycle had six speeds in the transmission, it had shaft drive, and it had hydraulically adjusted valve lifters. Wow. Is that not cool enough for you? Well, great. It's also got a gear position indicator in case you suck, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of a cool motorcycle, and it was kind of a cool motorcycle. I, I give it credit. Never heard of one losing second gear either. Never heard of one losing second gear, by the way. No shit. Yeah, you're right. So, kind of a cool bike. Um, I've heard of people putting different front ends so you can get tires. Yeah, that well, that's tire right. Is- the front tire, sixteen inch. The sixteen inch front tire is made of unobtainium. The brakes were a you know a four pot caliper in the day. They were pretty good with the slotted rotors. They were they were fair, but yeah, nineteen eighty four. That nineteen eighty four is a damn sight more interesting than the nineteen ninety one. Yep. Yeah. So, so you know what else I learned yeah. during this whole little search? Oh, what'd you learn in this search? You know, you know that. <laughs> amazingly awful uh, China motorcycle that you saw everywhere a couple years ago, the Magician. Oh. And you were like, who fucking, who engineered, who was the first one to engineer this horrible fucking thing? The Magician? Yeah, you see that green thing over there? That's the Magician. They were like $1,200 spanking new. Oh, man, I missed this. Okay. I must have been asleep or something. Right? So I was like, you know, who could have designed that? Well, the answer is Yamaha. <gasps> Yamaha what? had a thing called the Trickster. The Trickster, yeah. yeah. I had no yeah, yeah. fucking yeah, idea. that's a real thing. So yeah. the Magician was just a copy of Yamaha's Trickster. And, and so by the Yamaha way... Yamaha is responsible for inventing or this And by the thing. way, way to not go far on the name. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, way to not go far in the name. There so yeah, that's the trickster. We all I know what the trickster is. You know, yeah. that's that was kind of a thing. It's hideous, and it's not a trials bike. Like everyone was like, "Oh, it's the Yamaha trials bike." No. Okay, Honda had the Reflex, which was arguably the world's worst trials bike, <laughs> but it was street legal. It had turn signals, right? right? Uh, it was a street legal motorcycle, the Reflex. Yeah, he had like yeah he had a brand like you had a he had a brand when it was called the Reflex. The Reflex. TL250. TLR200. I thought they were 250s. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, hey, what was your Reflex? Your TLR? Was it? Yeah, 200, don't right? remember that yeah. microphones are involved. In I know. Podcast. Yeah. So it shows up on the uh, video. It yeah. does. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. TL, TLR, right? That's where I was growing up was the R. Yeah. TLR200 Reflex. When these were brand new in Year of Our Lord 1986, I was an extremely qualified motorcycle enthusiast. I was underfunded. (laughs) But I was the best in my neighborhood at knowing everything. Every issue of Cycle World Magazine and Rider Magazine and everything else wore the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't even... You just stuck together. I didn't even know Playboy existed. (laughs) Hustler was out of my... But... When this bike was launched, and I remember the full-page glossy ads talking about this street legal, and nobody said the word trials bike. Trials bike wasn't even, like, they realized calling it a trials bike was really shooting over the heads of thus kids that were raised on lead paint and lead car fumes. Because it's not good for your brain, (laughs) right? Trials is something they did over there in Europe. Well, and I just thought they couldn't spell trail. (laughs) I just thought it was a trail bike and somebody fucked up in the translation. But when those things came up and they were in the Cycle World magazine and they were doing anything they could, anything they could to sell them, uh, they weren't selling well. And how you know the bike was a shitty seller was Hoffert bought one. And it's <laughs> oh, the best example ever. If, if you're not sure whether or not your motorcycle, right? If you're not sure that your motorcycle is a flop, if if Hofford bought one, you know you know your marketing department failed. That was it. But it was fourteen hundred and ninety eight dollars. Steve, you just dreaming. And that was that was newspaper route money. Yeah. And I went down to Rick Pace or Rick Case or we used to call Rick, Dick Face. Dick Face. Dick Face Honda. And I went down there and I looked at this thing from every possible angle. And I had easily fifteen hundred dollars in my pocket. Because I had like Someone else's pants on. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Coming in with a hit. (laughs) So I had the money to buy this, and this was the only new motorcycle I could buy. And keep in mind, eight ninety five for mine. You paid eight ninety five. So I'm down there, and I'm looking at this fucking bike because I didn't work at. I used to work at H and H Honda. These were these hadn't been launched yet. So I left H and H Honda, and I was out doing my thing. So. I couldn't go and show my face at H&H Honda because I quit working there. So I was a, a problem with pride. I couldn't go back in the place because I was a teenager. So I went into Dick Face and uh, I looked at this thing and I was like, <gasps> and every advertisement, every guy in the sales floor, everybody, there must have been a $500 bounty on this fucking bike to be like, look, if you sell that bike, you're getting a blowy from Priscilla back there. Like there's gotta be, yeah, there's gotta be some. Exactly. And I had never been swooped in upon by so many fucking salesmen that were like, Oh, well, 
You seem to be a strapping young 16-year-old boy with money in your pocket. It was the press paper bag. It, it was, it was, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, it was the, the Cleveland Press. No, because when I went in there, I had my press bag over my left shoulder and my News Herald bag over my right shoulder. So they knew I had money. That's it. <laughs> I, was, I was missing school in the morning and missing school in the afternoon, too, because press was a morning paper. Right. And when I went in there, you would have thought well, that I was, what's that? Correct, Steve. The press was an afternoon paper. The press was Plain Dealer was the morning paper. Yeah, the PD, right. was, the the PD was the morning paper. The I press had was PD the afternoon route paper. And a press route, right? Because I did too. Yeah, and then and news, a news journal route. News I had, I had oh, three. his dick's bigger. Well, no, no. The worst <laughs> one was Sun. That's what it was. The, the Sun, the Euclid News Journal. The yeah, Sun. the Sun was a scam. You deliver the. You guys talk about something. You would deliver century. the Sun. You deliver the Sun <laughs> newspaper to people that didn't have a subscription. Right? Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night. It was one yeah. night a week. It was the worst paper you could get. And you would deliver it to people that didn't have a subscription. And then go to their house and, and, then, and then collect. And then at 8.30, you had, I delivered ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I will tell a you, that the Reflex, the Honda Reflex, they sold it. Now, you lived by Rick Case Honda. You lived right down the street from it Whoa. when you grew up. Yeah, late, yeah. No, when I, I lived on 271st, they were on 200th. Yeah, that's a stretch. 71 that's, fucking blocks. It's not that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my paper route was that long. I bet you could get there on a broken skateboard. Yeah. Yeah. But so you bought yours at Dick Face, right? No, I bought it at H and H. Oh, you bought it at my old shop. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking hilarious. But it was like two years out of date. It was okay. two years out of date because I would go in there yeah. and look at it. And I'm like, man, that bike's really, I like that, that bike. That bike had 17 inches of dust on it by the time yeah. you bought it. Well, it did. It was, yeah. it was so. It, it was, was like so a 19, that would have been like 1990. And they lowered the price to 895. <laughs> and I, and I'm like, how could you pass that bike up for 895? It's a brand new bike. Yeah, because people have been passing it up for fourteen ninety five and thirteen ninety five and twelve ninety five and eleven ninety five. So it, yeah, I bought it. I know the owner of that shop. He didn't reduce that price quickly. I think yeah. I've owned two of those. You've owned two of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's the maximum range on that gas tank? Not very far. <laughs> it's, um, he made it home one time. <laughs> that, that was the bike I got, hit, I got hit by a snowplow on Not that from bike. The, uh, I mean, seriously, up I, got there. I got hit by a snowplow from the city bike. of Euclid on that bike. I was, I happened to be uh, imbibing a little bit after work because okay. I rode it all, all right. winter. I rode yeah. that bike all winter long, and I was leaving this bar on uh, 222nd, and I was a little bit close to the double yellow line. Yeah. And a uh, snowplow pulled out and swung wide to get, like, from a side street, Did you have and it hit my shoulder. It was August. <laughs> yeah. Did you have shorts on? No, I was not wearing shorts at that that point in time. But so so, I went off into the curb on the other side of the street, and I didn't want to get pull, obviously I didn't want to get pulled over by the cops. Yeah. So I pushed it like ten blocks up the street because my grandma lived right there. And okay. I put yeah. it in her garage, and I you know I, got, I called somebody to give me a ride home. You walked it off. <laughs> Anyway, so, so all that came from all that the magician. came from the magician. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Which, which was basically the trickster, I mean, a Yamaha, Yamaha, trickster, yeah. which was also the idea of marketing a trials bike or something like a trials bike As, to the general public. What's the what's the plow truck driver thinking at that point? 
Did I just kill somebody? What the, the hell's this idiot doing out in December? He was He's drunk too. The same thing. I'm like, I'm drunk. I don't want to get pulled over by the cops. I'm just gonna get going. Yeah, I just killed a kid. I work for the city. So, I mean, I knew half those guys. Anyway, right, guys so. like, I wish I had a backhoe. I could take care of this right away. We can take care of this now. Did you have to go apologize to the plow truck for running into him while you were drunk? And straighten nice. out the dent. Oh, it was, my it God. Was a, it was a little different world. You scratched world my anchor. Yeah, <laughs> back then you were allowed to go drink at lunchtime. Yeah, no, you seriously, you'd go out to the bar and eat lunch for lunch at lunch. And from you high were school? Allowed- okay, cool. No, I was in high school. Oh, not from high school. Uh, no, I was in college. But I mean, you were allowed to go and get. I mean, you had three, two beers, so you could drink when you were eighteen years old. We could smoke in the senior lounge. Oh yeah, you in could high sm- school. Yeah, yeah we could smoke in the smoking. senior lounge. Yeah. yeah, seniors were allowed to smoke. Go figure. It's fucking weird. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, talking about just stupid deep dives and strange motorcycles. We, uh, this week, because Sleepy's not around anymore, we got about a thousand motorcycles showed up. Uh, the place is swimming in steel crates and the Jawas are thrilled because the local Jawas are like, they're living (laughs) high on the hog because we're putting metal out and people are like, um, so what are you doing with that metal? Well, I hope you're taking it. Can I take it? Yeah, it's 13 cents a pound, motherfucker. Jump on that shit. I've never seen steel that high. Get it. And so the local Jawas are thrilled. We're trying to train them, though, how to take the wood, like what to do with the wood, like all the things you can do with lumber, low-grade crate lumber, nonetheless. But so we've had some weird bikes show up, and the one thing that's been has been an electric invasion. We're going to be doing a test at some point. Well, we have so many electric scooters here right now. It's crazy. But the one that I've been riding is there's this orange scooter over here. Oh, yeah. That's called a Niu, N-I-U, Niu. And it's a, the Niu Evo. Is that the 250? Yeah, it's the 250. Yeah, it's the 250cc Niu Evo. No, it's not. Um, it's electric. But 36 watt-hour batteries. But here's the thing about that fucking bike. 69 miles per hour indicated on an electric scooter. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how many miles per hour of actual miles per hour that is because i only did the one test um like we're supposed to you break it in real easy sure you know oh my god you stink you crop dusted him didn't you oh my god oh you're gonna palm it and oh what a monster (laughs) steve's gonna puke he's gonna puke that's awful (laughs) that is really bad (laughs) i'm getting hints of it over here it's not pleasant it's not pleasant it's pretty bad what it came out of You can take the sticker off of those, Chris, oh if you God. need to. <laughs> wow. He's bringing him back after No, but it's coming podcast. around here. You don't understand. He's, just, he's, no, putting, no, it, I, he's putting it out there, but the fan's kicking it. Ventilation. The fan's I'm right hoping the ventilation is a lot better yeah. over on that side. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some carb cleaner and break some cleaner. smelling salts. Jesus Christ! Well, he will not fall asleep at the next podcast. Michael Fresh, you got to start chewing your food. All right, that's all there is to it. You got to start chewing your food. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> it is Look, making wait, it over wait, here. Wait, wait, wait! And this dude spends fucking twenty hours a day. He in a works shit in a shit plant, and you I ran know. him out. His job description is turd herder. Like he can tell you based on the smell if the town has COVID. <laughs> what the fuck, John? Jesus Christ! So let us know what you ate so we can avoid it. Let us know. 
dairy, Did you go to dairy, dairy twist? twist today. <laughs> dairy twist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Great. Got those time release flavor capsules. <laughs> fucking Christ. Oh, I'd like to have a lot of cheese curds with some sour cream, <laughs> and we're gonna have seventeen oh. hard-boiled eggs, double cheeseburger, and some beets. Balls and yeah. large See, having allergies aren't that bad. Ours is it, Dan? I'm gonna tell you something. First of all, <gasps> nearly killed him, but Dan oh. erect him. <laughs> but erect Jesus, him. Dan nearly killed him. <laughs> you know what though? Oh. Now we know what cancer smells like. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> God damn. As they, as the old Indian fellow once said, that is not the smell of healthy eating. <laughs> I felt great. I felt energized after that meal. Oh my! And you mean die, like not feather? Hey, again, I still need to get a ruling on that. I, I still need to get a ruling. Holy shit! The paint's peeling off that bike. Yes. Oh no! Um, if we have any culturally sensitive podcast listeners, or let's put it this way, well-educated podcast listeners, yeah. I want to know. And this is, I, I got to say, just a moment of seriousness, if you can get past the smell. Uh, you got it licked. <laughs> okay. If I were to okay. say, if I were to say something like, you know, you know. He's an Indian guy. He's an Indian guy. Dot, not feather. And I say dot, not feather. Are we cool? <laughs> I need somebody to tell me if we're cool. Yeah, you're, you're good. Okay. Well, you're not the person. You're whiter than I am. Yes, right. you and are it, actually whiter than I am. Which is pretty scary. Which is fucking scary, <laughs> right? Exactly. Bob's the darkest right. person here. Let's ask him. Uh, well, uh, what, uh, one, our, our one a... stretch of diversity is not here right now. Right. Because Oscar. he thinks it's totally okay. But he's not a good barometer for this. Think, no, he's no Oscar is Oscar. not a good barometer. It's just clarifying. I think kind of okay with Oscar. He's just a cool guy. Oscar's fantastic. We're not he's saying not there's anything wrong with Oscar, but I can't let Oscar be the... the You're right. The compass. I mean, you're Oscar's not, whiter not, than me. You're not saying curry in, or in his drunk. trousers. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> you're not saying curry or drunk. I'm not. Sa- look, I'm you know, just saying peyote. You know, peyote, yeah, not drunk. Right. You, I didn't go there. Well, that no, was I sleepy. didn't either. No, All right. No, so no, hey, but I'm sleep, saying yeah. you didn't say that. I again, again. Where you, so, where's your new job now? <laughs> <laughs> so just letting folks know, I'm curious. I would love your opinions. Please, please, ClevelandMoto at gmail.com is where you should go to answer that question. Dot not feather, are we cool? Okay, that's and it. Comes, it. it comes Why? from a place of love, though, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. Again, it, I, I, again it, I, it all started from a fart. If yeah, most yeah, but do. it was in an Indian restaurant, but uh, we're not sure which type, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it venison or was it was curry? It pemmican or was it curry? Uh, anyway, dot not feather. Pelican. Dot not feather. Are we cool? Yeah. All right. That's it. That's we're a done. great question. We're done. That's it. it That's all I got to say. Hey, That's speaking of questions, I'd like right. to ask the think tank a thing that maybe could help another person out there and in, in, uh, listener. Uh-huh. So, say there was a guy restoring a useless bike that wasn't really worth anything. All right. And this bike is a six volt system. Right. Right. And the headlight is fucking unobtainium, and it's right. the kind of headlight that is a sealed beam headlight. Yeah, 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 right. Can you, like, drill the back of that out and put <laughs> a fucking six-volt H4 into it or yes, something? Yes, absolutely. You can. Okay. Right. And there is, and okay. I've, 
They actually I have no dear or idea, but I figured that are that hold a six bulb. Exactly. Like Doctor ATV sells them yep, for that's right. 90s, various sizes. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. And it has like a little clip in the back, so you yep. just put a light. Okay, because I started researching this, and like a used should fit. We think it works. Headlight on eBay is 195 fucking I know. dollars. Yeah. Uh, so, Doctor ATV is a really good resource for that. I have some six volt headlight bulbs too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and. And the other thing that a lot of people might not be aware of when you're looking at stuff, don't forget farm and fleet. Mm. Ah, oh, he because says. a lot of tractors are six tractors volt. were six volt, and a lot of them came with these little four inch uh, work lights and stuff. And many, many of our older vintager motorcycles use that exact same size light, okay. that exact same lamp. So if you want to maintain an incandescent bulb because you're doing like a voltage regulator load or it's a, it's a well, balanced system and you need to have a certain amount of watts going away. That was going to be my next yep. question. So for the headlight or something like that, I was doing some Googling mm-hmm. yep. and uh, they have the 6-volt to 12-volt up, upperator. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, the upperator. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, like, can you It's get, called a step-up transformer. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> so... Can you, is like, are there any that actually work halfway decent when you're talking about a small, doesn't have a huge stator or any kind of a stator kind Correct. of thing? Correct. Yeah. Like, right. And again, I'm going to then, I'm going to suggest because remember that anytime you double the voltage, you're halving the watts. Right. Okay. So that's Ohm's law. You can't get in the way but of could that. Could you run an LED then? Because an LED would That's what less. I would tell you. So since LEDs don't seem to be bothered very much between six volts or 12 volts, because most LEDs operate in a very wide range of voltages. So it wouldn't be super bright, but it would get by for driving around the Oh, pile. no. You take something that used to run on a 6-volt incandescent bulb and replace it with a LED bulb, and it's going to be brighter than God himself. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've done a few uh, vintage bikes that I have that are 6-volt systems that, you know, the voltage regulator or the, the magnets in the flywheel and stator had shit the bed 20 years ago, yeah. so they're barely putting out enough to burn, sizzle your fingers when you hold the wires. Uh, all of a sudden, you take the OEM incandescent bulb out, replace it with an LED, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, because that's thirty bucks on eBay yeah. all day long. Oh yeah, for, absolutely. It's a five and three quarter inch headlight. So, a five and three quarter. Voltage. Yeah. yeah. The voltage regulators. Yeah. That's why I buy those little voltage yeah. regulators. Yeah. Yeah. You could just so, drive it in the daytime. The voltage goes up. No the voltage will jump on. <laughs> even on a C70, the right. voltage will go up to like thirteen volts on a six volt system if you. Right. If you change out the headlight. That's true. That's absolutely really? right. Yeah. Uh, and I have a whole drawer of six-volt stuff from, from mm-hmm. like, Dre TV. So will, that fuck <laughs> up, will that fuck up your incandescent turn signals and taillight, then, if you run the LED headlight? Because it'll be pumping more juice to your rest. Anything, it would yeah. make them brighter. It'll make them brighter. Right. Probably burn out faster, though. No? And yep. it's not a bad idea for a dollar and 95 cents to do a full wave bridge. So by by installing, you know, these are about three bucks a piece. You know, back in the old days, back in the old days when we had Radio Smack, mm-hmm. we could go down there and we could pick up a handful of these things and just kind of keep them with you. On 305? There used yeah. to be a place on 305 yeah, but that sold like... Especially if you kept the guy working at the counter busy. Oh, oh, but these things, you didn't even get, need to get weird and funky with it because it was just a device that existed in the world. And what it is, is, you know, it's a rectifier. That's the whole idea behind fryer. it. It's a rectum fryer. There was exactly. a band in Akron called Full Wave Rectifier. <laughs> About 10 minutes ago, there was a rectum fryer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was that was worse than any that was dot not that was dot not feather. Yeah, that was pretty fe- pretty yeah. fierce. <laughs> but still have a 
No, please don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's residue. Oh, yeah. my God. But I've worked in a wastewater. That that was worse than any smoke. The fact that it ran you out of went. here was pretty frightening. And yeah. woke him up at the same time. <laughs> and, <laughs> you did smelling sauce. and all John did was burp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, these little guys right here that you see, uh, these little dudes. So you can buy them in virtually any configuration. You can buy them in virtually any amperage or wattage output that you'd like to have. Uh, but these little full wave bridges, when you've got vintage motorcycles and you don't want to go through the trouble of finding the factory voltage regulator, mm-hmm. or if you, if worse yet, it doesn't have a voltage regulator and it's just using the bulbs. It has to be- the red selenium rectifier. God, so man. So the little stacks yeah. of, of things and everything. And I actually took one of those. I took my selenium rectifier apart because it's just a series of plates and washers and stuff on a all stacked together. I took it all apart and hid that and be, took some of it out. Yeah. Stacked that behind everything. Yep. So it still looks like I'm running a selenium right. rectifier. Exactly. But the back of that is yep. a silicone rectifier. Correct. Ah. And then, you know, you'll see these things, these little orange stacks of metal. So these little orange stacks of metal will be all over our old Honda C70s and, you know, trail 90s and shit like that. Fins, so it only has three fins with a silicone. It looks yeah. like it, but it's yeah. not. And these were things that just, they didn't work particularly well ever, you know. <laughs> they didn't survive time. You know, they, they did not, all that heat sink, all the, all the amazing heat sink that's on the fucking thing. And it still well, didn't survive was, time. Then they put it right behind a cover. It exactly. wasn't open to the open <laughs> <Right>. air. <laughs> and they, they just, look, it was a fun idea when Honda came up with it. The frame. But, you know, keep in mind that you can take everything that that selenium... Underneath the battery where the battery has... That's what I was going to say. That's usually what <laughs> killed them. I, I haven't seen too many of them ever that tested out good, you know. But basically, these are just a, a single phase... You know, rectifier. That's all so they do. With yep. that thing, it had the one that you were showing. The full wave rectifier had four port posts. Right. So what are you attaching to the? Far- uh, there's, there's three. There should be three posts. Three posts, and posts a, coming in a ground. The yeah. Alternator. Oh, okay. okay. Yep, exactly. Gotcha. So when you use these, two posts come. Two ba- two come from your alternator. Correct. Right. One is a ground, and one goes mm-hmm. to your battery. Right. Okay. It's exactly right. Okay. And so if you are working on an old motorcycle, exactly right. you know. Uh, you can get you can get kooky with it, but usually if you type in the words like full wave bridge, motorcycle, like Google will help you at that point. Like Google will send you where you need to be. But I discovered these things a long time ago because they were at the they were at Radio Shack for no money, almost no money. You can still, I mean, eBay yeah. ten bucks. Yeah, exactly. But they work really, really well, and they're extremely durable. So you can put one in a bike. And it's a great way when you've got a vintage bike and you know the regulators shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the way, like, because when have we ever worked on a 1970 whatever single cylinder, you know, bike with that era of regulation, the power regulation, and had it work great? That's not even regulation. That's just, that's rectification. That's rectification. Exactly. That's rectification. That's exactly it. That's well, so far all I it's got, doing. I have the horn working. Yeah, because that's, that's AC. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. good. Yeah. So you've got AC power. Yeah. Good luck with the rest. All right, exactly. I, I have one of those sitting on my desk if you want it. Step one yes. says put a battery in it. I yeah. did. Step yeah. two, start it up and check it. And yeah. Is the old yeah. one working? Right. Yeah. Well, it I might mean, be I, working well, right. now that you put that battery in it. Well, I know, but <laughs> none of the light bulbs are intact. <laughs> so I have yeah, to then I mean, get all going, the... You're still going to go from six volt static. If you start it up, it should go up. Right. If it right. goes up, exactly. it's probably working. Okay. Yep. And if it blows up, you did something wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, that's yep. a good opportunity. What are, what are, are they, 654s? <laughs> The 
six volt ones. Yes, I believe so. If I remember correctly, or yeah. The uh, eleven fifty four six volt. Six yeah. volt. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, obviously, if you type in, if you're really lazy, CT ninety rectifier upgrade, mm-hmm. and there's a YouTube video right there waiting for you, and he talks about in great detail how he resurrected a CT ninety with a Radio Shack twenty five amp full wave bridge. It's, so you're coming yeah. over next week? Is that nope. <laughs> no, you don't need anybody to you come just over. You've got all the full support right. you need right uh, yeah. here at the podcast. Why should I? Well, and there's that? a YouTube video for it and everything. It's emotional support. Somebody just rub my neck and tell me I'm cool. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because that's someone that to lie help. to you. You can right. bring it to the compound because I'm going to try to <laughs> yeah. hang it at the compound. Right. Okay. You're yeah. so cool, so, sleepy. And to show you what I think is cool about this, this if, well, if you want to look at this picture, this picture is kind of the deal because it uses the original uh, installation slot for the mm-hmm. selenium. Yeah, except I put plates in front of it so you to hide it. To hide it. You. Oh, that thing's way bigger. Fucking than Fucking prude. That's a. It's a little bigger than a quarter. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So that's yeah, a it's a little bigger smaller. than a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a hole in the middle, perfect for the bolt mounting it yeah, and everything yeah. else. Uh, but these things, if you do work on old motorcycles and you ever get, you know, get yourself in a pinch. My uh, go-to-war toolbox that I take everywhere with me has got a couple of these just roaming around in the bottom of it because they're cheap. And for these older motorcycles that you're like, um, the motor runs, but nothing else does, mm-hmm. go right there. Yeah, well, go right there. Little, the KE I'm working on, like the, you know, the motor's completely a separate system, obviously, yep. than all the lighting. So yep. that's what definitely happens. Yeah, these little guys right here, it, it, it undoes a lot of sins real fast. Okay. Yeah, a lot of sins real fast. Because when I buy an old bike like that, if I kick it over four or five times and any of the lights work the way they're supposed to, I'm shocked. Right? <laughs> yeah. But everyone's like, oh, there must be a broken wire or a rat's nest or somebody chewed on something. No, it's, it's always just the selenium rectifier. Mm-hmm. I, don't even think they, I don't even think they got burned up. I think they just aged out. I think you know, whatever. So ran it without the battery. That's the big thing. That's guaranteed. Well, they ran it without the headlight, and as soon as the headlight goes out, yeah. the bat, all this the bulbs This could be total bullshit, yeah. but I think it actually has something to do with selenium degrades over time. Yeah, like, there's a lifespan to it. Silicone lasts forever. That's right. The only difference yeah. is they're using silicone over Instead selenium. of selenium. That's exactly right. What is selenium? I have no fucking idea. Um, it's <laughs> in Head and Shoulders, Selsun Blue. And it kills a- big gooey aliens. And, um, and that's why we have are, no dandruff. Yeah. And you, you know the movie. You should, you should eat it every day. You know the movie. It's good for your prostate. You know the movie. That's what he had for lunch. Yeah. Soil you know that. the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the movie. David the movie's called Evolution. And, uh, yep. Yeah. David Duchovny and... Um, yep. Yep. The Arsenio Hall. Just, was it Arsenio uh, Hall? I No. Uh, it was uh, the guy that looked like him. Orlando Jones. <laughs> Orlando Jones. Jones. But oh, I'm going to oh, tell you that... that if you have not seen the movie, it's got Sean William Scott in it and David Duchovny and Julianne Moore. It's worth watching. It's kind of fun. But uh, it's called Evolution, and uh, the, the Bauer boys use Selsun Blue every day in their hair, and that's why their hair stays so thick and dandruff-free. It also is the only thing that kills the aliens. So selenium. But that's what that is. But I just gave away the whole fucking movie. It's a fun movie. It's got a bull from Night Court. Nice. Yeah. So it's you know there's there's reasons to watch it. Sarah Silverman's in it. (laughs) No, he's not an alien, but it's a fun movie. It's but he's not a bailiff either. It's a totally fun movie. (laughs) So it's a total letdown. And once you see the movie, if you're high when you see the movie, you will then run around your house for hours shouting "Blue Monkey, Blue Monkey." (laughs) 
So nice. I can tell you, it only took me one watching of that movie, Stoned, oh, to yeah. know that it was a classic. Nice. Right. <laughs> it was it. Yeah, I give it two pot leaves up. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, back in the day, that was how you. That was how a, a good movie was rated. So that, that's pretty cool. All um, right, I'm ready for a smoke. Break. You ready for a smoke break? But I wanted to say this. There are a lot of electric scooters on the planet that cost more money. There are a lot of electric scooters on the planet that cost less money. But I'm looking forward for us doing a shootout yeah. where I want every single one of us to be riding an electric bike, scooter, and let's go out and be stupid and see who can be stupid the longest and see who has to walk. On one charge. On one charge. Because that fucking thing... It's the only time I've ever ridden an electric scooter on the freeway and past people. <laughs> homeless hand, uh, um, homeless hitchhiking or oh my other God. vehicles? Other vehicles, man. Other, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't pass homeless people or hitchhiking. I stop. Those are good people. Uh, but Steve can't but, participate in this because he'll, he'll do four miles an hour and go for 212 miles. But again, that's where you got to like, you basically by staying in a pack and having that pack mentality. Okay. Yeah. We're going to like the idea is because we're all going to be each other together and we're all going to be changing bikes all the time. Okay. Yeah. But I was shocked at how fast it was. Then quick trivia question. We all know that on certain motorcycles, the front tire is supposed to have a different PSI than the rear tire. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go as far as to say on most motorcycles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I do a lot with motorcycles and tires and things like that, as you do. Would anyone like to guess the widest variance I have ever seen between a front tire and a back tire? Well, that per the manufacturer. That has to be different than the, the normal one because the normal one was only a couple, couple PSI off. So that, that's... Was the, it more than 20? Yes. Wow. Wow, that's really? definitely not what the, your, Steve's is. So when I took it out of the crate, when I, I took it out to take it for a spin, I had my handy-dandy air pressure gauge, and I went up to the bike, and I was like, well, I'm driving it home, and I've already locked the door, so I'm kind of going to run what I brung. Whatever's in it is what's in it, and that's what's going to get me home. Unless it's something terrible, I'm not going to change it. So I checked the front tire, and it was 26 PSI. These are 14-inch tires. Mm -hmm. So I checked the front tire, it was 26 PSI, and I thought, well, that's fair. Good enough. That's good enough get for government home. work. That'll get me home, and, and I don't even feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at the back tire, and the back tire was 24 PSI. And I thought, that's also not bad. We can do this. And off I fucked. And I drove it at maximum velocity down interstate, to Route 90 to my house. Had a damn good time doing it. And then I got home and I decided to read the manual. <laughs> Fuck, man. Don't ever read the manual. <laughs> Scary shit in Scary there. Scary shit in there. <laughs> Would you believe that the manufacturer that built that bike, who wrote a beautiful and concise manual in English we can all understand, recommends 19 for the front tire. Interesting. And 40 for the back. Wow. Wow. Damn. So when I was riding home at 69 miles per hour indicated, unknown actual units, but I was like, boy, this front end feels a little light. You know, I feel like I need to balance because normally on scooters, you don't balance the tires if they're under a certain size, but a 14 inch wheel, you should probably think about balancing that because it's big. It's 14 inches. You know, that's big. And at 69 miles movies. per hour <laughs> with momentary like touching 70, I felt like the front wheel needed a, a decent balancing. 
But now I realize my front tire may have just been eight PSI yeah, overinflated. A little overinflated <laughs> or bouncing down the highway. Is that what the plate says on the bike too? It is. Wow. I know. I looked at it twice. I was shocked. So I wonder if the dudes, remember when we pulled that out of the crate? Yep. It was at like 49,000 PSI. It was at 50 PSI front well, and back. Maybe they thought, that, or well, I guess it doesn't make sense either. No, it doesn't make any sense. And we, and for people that do that, the guys at the factory just put enough air in it until it catches the bead. It, right? Once it yeah. catches the bead, they're done. Off it goes. That's PDI's job. That's the dealer's job to make sure it's right. And they're not wrong. But I was shocked to find out the PSI was only 19. That's wow. chopper back tire pressures. Like, that's, I don't have suspension. That's Janus numbers. It's bead, yeah. bead rolling numbers. It is bead rolling numbers. It is. And so, but again, I did check. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was thinking I might have been fucking brain damaged or something. <laughs> but I did put it to 19 where they intended, and I took it out and wrote it again. And some bitch feels great now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. It's a yellow line, like the 19 line. The yellow line. Uh-huh. I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and those bikes are green and Oh, there is? I, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have no idea what the markings on the tire mean. There's a lot of print on these tires. Like, there's a lot of print. Crazy amounts of print. Like, I have no idea why this motorcycle has not just a green line, but also a yellow line. Like, is that is that a cautionary line? Like, you're leaning your bike too far if you're wearing out the yellow line? What I'd the say fuck? you're fucking badass. If, you're if you can wear that the, yellow line out, you're my hero. You're Nikki Hayden reincarnated. Yeah, if man. you can wear that yellow line out. And you notice they don't put a red line on? Yeah, right. Or a brown line? No. Because I think if you go past the yellow line, you need <laughs> a brown make, line. You're making your own brown line. <laughs> well, the red line's on the side of the bike. Speaking of skid marks. Uh, exactly. Skid mark garage. <laughs> Wanted to thank us for the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride we did last Sunday. Oh, yeah. It was a fucking blast. Uh, you can go to YouTube or whatever and type in Cleveland Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. There's a great video out. Lots yeah. of fun. I didn't do it. The other guy, and he did a great job. Greg Huth, man. our buddy yeah, Greg yeah. Huth, who did our logo. He did our video. So yeah, uh, Greg good. did a really fun video for it. Uh, Cleveland Moto Distinguished Gentleman's Ride 2022. is a fun video. But we had a fucking blast, and it started by raining on us. And then it pre- the day proceededly got better as we got drunker. So the more we drank, the nicer the weather got. That's science. You can't fuck with science. I'm just glad I got there in time to see Kevin. Right. You got right. That, exactly. was, that made my day. Yeah, that so. was it was pretty fun. We we had a good time. Money was cha- raised for charity. And all in all, I think everyone had a great time. Uh, it was fun. It was legitimately fun. And we went to, and everybody got to see the new Skidmark Garage mm-hmm. and how cool that place is. It's fucking cool. It's a nice place. It's a place that you could genuinely want to hang out in. And the fact that there are people there that will help you work on your old motorcycle is another bonus. Absolutely. You know? see what your money's spent on. Yeah, that's true, too. That is absolutely right. That is absolutely true. That Skidmark thing. So um, much, much props to those guys and to the whole DGR event. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. It was really, really cool. And because we all rode small bikes, um, you remember in that podcast, like, I don't know, like a couple, three podcasts ago when I said, like, this... Whatever you've got, if it's street legal, you'll be able to keep up in this ride. Mm-hmm. We have one pook, list, or pook rider who is not fucking happy with me right now. Oh. He couldn't keep up. Oh. And uh, we, got to the, we got to Skidmark, and he's like, are we going to be riding like this the whole time? And I was like... Like what? 35? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to do traffic enforcement. So there were times I jaunted ahead of the pack, you know, or up to the front of the lead of the pack. So I was varying my speed. What kind of pook did he have? Uh, pook Magnum 
Maxi Part Two. It was a moped. Like a 32 mile an hour bike. Oh, I don't know. It, it was breathing. Things should do over it 35. Sounded, yeah. What do, you, what do you think, John? It was only going 20. It was only going 20? No, I didn't. What the hell? Yeah. I, I bet he's not going 35. No, no. And I think it was kitted. Yeah, I think it was kitted with a pipe on it. But in any case. About microphones? Yeah, yeah. But the long and short of it, he was, he was pretty upset the that the ride that was supposed to be going to be safe for small bikes and stuff wasn't so safe for small bikes. But we had Trail 70s out there with like 180cc big bore kits. Yeah, but you know what? Like you said any motorcycle. That's not a motor. That's a fucking uh, moped. Look, we if had you're many... riding a moped. You should be used to that. Yeah. I mean, really be, <laughs> it really shouldn't be a big surprise that you show up and you're the slowest guy. There. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Everyone that's had a great part time. Of being a moped. You're just yeah. like, oh well, I'll be there. I'll see you guys. <laughs> hey, give me directions. It's kind of like riding with Steve Hoffert. He'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I keep up. <laughs> that's it. My favorite uh, Steve Hoffert. His buddy both died. They had yeah. they were casualties. Both of those '90s had bad days. Yeah, one had a bad rectifier. Yep. One had a bad clutch. Yeah, yeah, that was not a good day. Chris Lee, you look like you got a joke for us. Want to hear a joke? I always want to hear a joke, man. <clears throat> An elderly man in, Pen- in uh, Phoenix calls his son in New York and says. Yeah, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. Ooh. 45 years of misery is enough. Pop, what are you talking about, the son screams. We can't stand the sight of each other any longer. The old man says, we're sick of each other, and I'm sick of talking about this. So you call your sister in Chicago and tell her, and he hangs up. <clears throat> Frantic, the son calls his sister, who explodes on the phone. They are not getting divorced. If I have anything to do about this, she shouts, I'll take care of this. She calls Phoenix immediately and screams at the old man, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back, and we will both be there tomorrow. Until then, don't do a thing. Do you hear me? And hangs up. The old man hangs up the phone and turns to his wife and says, okay, they're coming out for Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what do we tell them for Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) I just shot your mother. You got to come to the funeral. Uh, you know what? That's pretty accurate. I, uh, I, yeah, pretty good. Re- you know, any excuse to duck a family occasion. Yeah, that whole COVID thing—two years of having a free pass—wasn't that happiness? Oh, oh boy, <laughs> it really. I mean, I, I don't want to be a dick, but I can tell you that was one of the most the, the Portlandia skit where they just learned that they can cancel things. And so, like, they have a giant calendar. They just spend their whole day canceling stuff. Oh, oh. It's fucking amazing. Well, not to be too much of a downer, but it's kind of sad when, like, my mom does, she's right. having mental things. So right. she stopped calling me and stopped oh, really? harassing me because she just doesn't even <laughs> remember, you know. And it's kind of like, uh, all those years when I was like, oh, no, my mom called. I got to call her back right. and everything. Yeah. And now. Now you miss it. Now right. weeks go by, and I'm like, fuck, I really need to call my mom. You know, like, I'm looking forward to being in that state. <laughs> well, well, you were well, an cool hour ago. Is, the cool thing she's like, hey, how you doing? John didn't uh, call me today, thank uh, God. Hoffert, Hoffert keeps going to parties hoping that Alzheimer's is contagious. And just think of all the new people you'll meet. It's great. He's yeah. only aluminum cookware. <laughs> and aluminum underarm. And, and take Benadryl every day. <laughs> I take, yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? I, I've heard that that I've heard that Preston's delicious. Uh, <laughs> the dogs breeze. think so. A little yeah. lead paint, a little chewing on it's that. It's great. Uh, Raccoons in my house like it. 
Those are your children. Right. Uh, <laughs> next big thing that's coming up, I guess, is going to be Mid-Ohio. So everybody get your shit together for Mid-Ohio. Uh, I know everybody's going to be there. So that's it. That's what is this, be... the Triumph group Club? No, watch it. Just I mean, you got to watch it with the sound on. It's pretty fantastic. It's good. No, I just noticed yeah. that this section of the thing is all, that they group. were all Triumphs. Yeah, that, that group was, that particular crew was, it was a really good mix of bikes. I was pretty impressed with all the different brands that were there. Because there's kind of a little bit of everything. Uh, so it was a really, really good time. We had a blast. It was super but cool. I think the end of July, so besides Mid-Ohio, the yeah. weekend after Mid-Ohio is Fuel, right? I think you're right. And yeah. Fuel this year, they're doing a whole outdoor thing. So they're doing it at Hale and, Farm and Village. Yeah. This is bonkers. If yeah. you... Like, that's, that's a great if place. If you didn't grow up in Cleveland yeah. or no, Akron... Hale's Farm. Yeah, there was me. Yes. Hale, there's Dan. Uh, Dan's beating his, beating his steed. He's yeah, he's beating his horse. I was riding that horse. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> but the uh, but no kidding, Hale Farm and Village is beautiful. It's yeah. a historic turn of the you know a uh, uh, real uh, original homesteader style setup, and uh, it has no business being the host for Fuel Cleveland. Yeah, this is gonna be a one time deal. This is gonna be one time, guys. We're never gonna get invited back yeah. ever again. Exactly. So I hope you enjoyed being at Hale Farm in motherfucking village. Kevin looks gonna be, awesome. The guy's yeah. gonna be there like beating horseshoes out. The blacksmith guy's gonna be like, you know, beating out horseshoes other thing. And somebody's gonna come in and be like, you know, lighting a J off his fucking, you know. Yeah. Eh, off the it's gonna be weird. Yeah, there's gonna be sparking up. It's gonna be fucking cool. Look at no Dan. Dan's a hero of this video, yeah, by man. the way. Uh, he was distinguished. He's very distinguished. So the camera likes Dan. So Hale Farm and Village, bunch of fucked up motorcycle people. This is only going to be one time and thing. Or maybe they're leaning into it thinking that all of us are so fucking old now that we'll experience a 40, we'll, uh, ex we'll, we will appreciate a 45 minute butter churning seminar. <laughs> You know, free tastings at the end. Free tastings at the end, and oh, by the way, did you see her technique? Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. At <laughs> exactly. yeah. That's exactly right. So, all right, so that's it. If anybody else got anything else, no. Fuck it, that was a podcast. Ride fast, take chances. The <laughs> 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 <laughs>